You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Just getting my last minute tweeting in there. Welcome to the Conservative Cartel this Saturday morning as we are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. Alongside of Chris X, I am Matt Locke, and you better buckle up, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, because it is going to be three hours of a roller coaster ride into conservative politics, the, lun- the none the likes you've ever seen. But if you want to be part of the program today, you can. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open, 888-900-3393. We are going to welcome in hour one, Martha Bonita, who is an America's first policy advisor and the founder of the Piedmont Agricultural Academy. We're going to talk about the TPP. In between Syria, uh, the UK, France, the United States decided to drop a few bombs in Syria last night. We're going to get to that. We're going to welcome Alex Titus from America First Policies in Hour 2. And then Hour 3, there's a little IG report that's out, and we're going to bring in uh, former federal prosecutor and author Sidney Powell to talk about that. But right now, Producer Ron, what do we got going on? Hey, good morning, guys. This hour of the Conservative Cartel is going to be brought to you by BattleBox, the premier survival tactical subscription box on the planet. You can visit them at BattleBox.com. That's B-A-T-T-L. B-O-X.com. Drop the E. B-A-T-T-L-B-O-X.com. Use code CARTEL for 15% off your first box. That's BattleBox.com. Good morning, guys. Well, Chris, we're just going to throw this out here because all hell broke loose last night. I mean, we had poor Martha Bonita on this morning to talk PPP, and we're still going to do that. We scheduled her before we knew that the world was going to go up in flames. So we're going to get to that. But let's throw the question out, shall we? Because I know you're watching. I know I'm watching. Social media is on fire, so we're going to throw it out to you. 888 is the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts out there, America, of what President Trump has done? Should he have went into Syria? Should he have went in with the, you know, the countries he did? We want to hear from you. Chris, any thoughts to open this program on what in the world is going on in the world? Well, to touch on what you said, I want to kind of hear what everyone else has to say. I'm going to give you my thoughts as well. But there's a lot of people on both sides of this. I have seen it's 50-50 split between I'm for this, I'm against this, I hate this. He said he wasn't going to do this. He did this. It's all over the board, and I do want to hear from uh, from everyone listening this morning. If you want to get in, the, the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open, 888-900-3393 for this first segment. And uh, to give you my thoughts on it, one, I had a feeling there were going to be some bombs dropped in Syria, especially after Trump's tweets. Right. Uh, he did something he normally doesn't do, but he did tip his hand a bit. And then he sent out that other one and said, well, or maybe not, and then he turned around and, and dropped the bombs. Now, here's the other thing. This isn't just an American operation, as we've no. seen. Right. Turns out France and the UK is in on this uh, with us. So it was a, a bit of a coalition, if you will. And then I saw what uh, General Mattis had to say. So to be honest with you, I don't know what I think about this. I, I Last I heard, we're looking to try to get our troops out of there. Right. Who are we fighting over there? Are we fighting the rebels? Are we fighting Assad? Are we fighting ISIS? There is there is so many things going on over in this this horrible little civil war. And I saw I did not like any of the things the Obama administration did when they funded rebels that turned into be ISIS that turned into do terrible things. I was not a fan of that. So I don't want to see something very similar to this happening. This administration seems to be a lot smarter. So I'm more apt to believe them with what they're doing. But once again, I'm not quite sure what I think. What about you, Matt? 
Well, I, I'm in the same boat, and I'll tell you, I rely on people who are smarter than I am. I, I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm just a, a Midwestern guy who does sales and, and got onto a radio program because I love a cut my country kind of deal, and here we are. But I follow the likes of, of a Denise Simon, and I, I watch what she writes and who she talks to and what's going on. And you have to say, I'm looking at Donald Trump's Twitter this morning. Um, a perfectly executed strike last night. Thank you to France and the United Kingdom for their wisdom and the power of their fine military. Could not have had a better result. Mission accomplished. Yeah, So, and that's the other thing, too. It was a one-time strike. That's it. They went through, dropped, uh, was 103 bombs, something like that. Uh, at least that's what they're they're saying. And that are 103 missiles. When I say they dropped, it looks like these were all pretty much just smart missiles. Um, but nonetheless, they went and did this. And now we're hearing you know reports that Russia claims Syria air defense has shot down 71 of the 103 missiles. I highly doubt that. But <laughs> yeah, you just don't know. I mean, you know, is this propaganda from Russia? And where is Russia? I mean, let's talk about this a little bit as we get through the program, because we're going to have a lot to talk about as this first hour unfolds yeah. in, in trying to piece this serious stuff together as I'm watching it. And of course, all of the major news networks are all carrying it, talking about it, the strikes on it, the 103 missiles, you know, our 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 partnership with the UK and with France, you know, this look, you talked about this, President Trump came out on Twitter about a week ago and said, look, bombs are going to start flying. And then about yeah. two days later, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe I didn't mean that. I didn't want to tip my hand kind of stuff. Didn't know what I was doing kind of things. But look, Chris, they had a week to put this together, to yeah. coordinate it, to get the information, to do the due diligence. And then here we were last night. And I mean, look, we're here in this position today. Because of the lack of leadership in the ineptitude that was the Obama administration on foreign policy. You know, I, you know, people are like, oh, you always bring up Obama and you, yeah, yeah. No, we literally are where we are at in the Middle East because of the lack of leadership of not just Obama, but maybe even George W. in the fact that we've let this thing fester in the Middle East. And I said this to you before we started the program. I think in some ways, this is President Trump saying, I'm a man of my word. When I say something, it happens. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And there is, there's a lot of responsibility that goes around in the Middle East, but ultimately it's the Middle East uh, who's, who's causing these problems. You get Syria, and this isn't new. Uh, what's, no. what's happening in Syria with civil wars, what's happening in the Middle East between uh, Israel and their neighbors because they're continually attacking Israel. You've got what was going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. Afghanistan's been in an eternal war for the, my entire life. So. Yeah. You've got what's happening, and the, one of the reasons why is you've got these well, uh, combination between dictators and then throw in these you know religious ideologues that are running parts of the world and what, the way they do this over there. So this isn't something that is, is brand new and hasn't really happened before. This this is this is the a new variation on the same theme, and it's happened over just like with Syria when they went and dropped their bombs. From what we're seeing about this, this was supposedly to take out some of those chemical weapons, uh, you know, uh, factories they have yep. or plants they. Have. So, once again, this is not anything new. This is a continuation of things. And I, one of the reasons why I said I, I don't know exactly how I feel on this is in the beginning I wasn't sure, was it actually Assad who did this? Well, the fact that the U.K. and France is in on this with us, they were in the with us, it gives me a pretty good suspicion that, yeah, Assad did this because those guys don't get involved in anything. 
Right, exactly. I mean, you just hit it right on the head there. France is not known to be first in line to help anybody when it comes to military assets or doing any campaign of that matter. So, look, there's a lot of information, Chris, that we don't get. We're we're, we're not – and you said something very astute before the show started. You're like, I believe in our generals and General Mattis. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard nothing but good stuff about him. The, and the other thing is, too, as you just mentioned, we don't have all the information. And Trump was saying a lot of things on the campaign trail. Did you notice there was a certain tonality and things changed immediately when he was sworn in and once he sat in that office and started getting the actual information? Remember the tweets that came out, which we'll get to some of those on today's program, about Comey and McCabe and, and all of these. You know, I was wiretapped. Here's this information. All of this information that he got, because we're not privy to that information. Oh. And it's not because they're just wanting to hide it from us, which is to a certain degree. Yep. There's other, it's, it's classified. And there's a reason it's classified, because if we get it, so do our enemies. So the reality is, is uh, once again, there's a lot of information going on, and we'll get some of it over time. And it's also going to be very interesting to see when, when it's all said and done. I'm hearing about, you know, Russia is going to assess the damage and right. they'll respond. I, I wonder what sort of response, if any, we will get from Russia regarding this. Well, the, the crazy thing about Russia even, and we'll get more into this too as the hour goes on, is it's been completely a whiteout. Their comms have went dead. We saw before all this happened they were moving ships and planes, and you almost have to wonder, was there an agreement reached? What, what, something came up, and now we're hearing about Hezbollah sites getting hit. Yeah. We're hearing about you know terrorism. We're hearing about the 103 missiles. This is a joint effort. Yep. My friend... There's a lot more to this story than even you and I know, and we may never know all of it. They've got uh, General Kenneth McKenzie Jr. right now, the director of joint staffs, up talking about it. We may never know. We may, you know, and it's funny because everybody on Facebook is a general. They're, they're, they're all yeah. military equipped now. Well, where was the proof of the, of the chemicals? Where was this? Where was that? Um, we don't live in a day and age anymore where we're getting all the information like we did out of the Obama administration. No, that's... <laughs> yeah, we didn't get any information out of the Obama administration except mis and disinformation. So, and, and now we are in a, a almost a completely different environment. Um, and we're going to talk a whole lot more about this. We need to take a break. Uh, let's do this. We're going to come back, pick up with Martha Bonita. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to say. This is, uh, like I said, this was something you already had set up before yeah. Syria got crazy. So we're going to take a little sidebar. We'll talk with Martha. We'll come back. We're going to hit way more of this serious stuff. My Lord, don't go away. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to The Conservative Cartel. I am Chris X, along with Matt Locke. We are here live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is down. We have our guest, Martha Benita, joining us. We're going to talk about uh, a few things with her. We're going to get back to Syria after that. We've got a ton more. We've got an IG report. We've got, Matt, we've got a ton. But first, we've got Martha Benita's joining us. Good, good morning. Uh, uh, well, good morning, Martha. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Matt, tell us a little bit about Martha because she's got a lot to cover on today's program as well. 
Well, Martha's got a fantastic background, and before the world blew up, we were going to talk a little Trans-Pacific Partnership. We were going to talk about some agriculture. We were going to talk about how this has affected our country, and uh, Donald Trump ready to rejoin the TPP because of all of these tariffs and, and trade wars that were supposedly getting in with China. So, Martha, welcome to the cartel. We apologize the world blew up on you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So, Martha, let's talk TPP. You know, when when President Trump came in as president and initially said, nope, TPP, no good. We're not going to do it. Th- this is why. Fill in everybody why TPP was a bad deal back then. And is it a better deal now? Well, you know, I, I come from a farming background. And, um, you know, sure, there are many farmers that are opposed to a few of the current trade positions with China. But what this administration has done right now is open up is open up trade for our American farmers. And one such example is with is with Argentina by opening up the Argentina uh, market for our pork producers. And that's going to be about ten million dollars a year and really has unlimited uh, opportunities. And so I think that while uh, many of the initiatives were frowned upon, in this case, with by American farmers and ranchers, now what we're seeing is the this administration stepping it up and opening up these new markets for our farmers. Uh, we're talking with Martha Benita, founder of the, the Piedmont Agricultural Academy. Martha, this is interesting because you, you have the president who was obviously came out and was all against TPP. We're going to get rid of this. But now you know what? Hey, it, let's renegotiate this thing. If we can renegotiate a better deal, well, then I'll, you know, I'm, not, I'm not against this. And this is something we see the president do on a regular basis with a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, he's, all, he's the yard of the deal. Do you think he's going to be able to renegotiate this thing? I do. And, and you brought up an excellent point. Donald Trump is skilled at negotiating the deal. And what he does is oftentimes he will, he will throw things out there. He will start the conversation. And then he it brings the American people together behind creating a better opportunities for the American people. And we see that time and time again. And I, and I do believe that that's the case here. Well, perfect. And on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, we've got Martha Bonita. She is a policy advisor for American First Policies. Martha, we're we're in a time and place. The president said, "Hey, look, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna get into TPP if it's bad for us. We've already got six okay. or seven trade agreements with some of these countries anyway, and we're currently working on Japan. You know, so do we really need a a, a TPP? Well, you're right. You're right. I, I I'll tell you, he has made it very clear that uh, he, if there is going to be any kind of a deal, it's going to be obviously much better than the deal offered by President Obama. Um, he's made it clear that we already have bilateral deals with six of the 11 nations in TPP. And he's working to make a deal with the biggest of those nations, Japan, as you just said. Um, and Japan has been hitting the United States hard on trade for years. So, um, you know, this is a president that has proven himself time and time again to uh, be able to create better opportunity for our country. And I think this is just an, another example of his commitment to address foreign trade barriers for the United States. Man, I think that's, you just made some really good points. We are talking with Martha Bonita. Martha, um, you just mentioned there's six other nations we've got deals with. Do we even really need to renegotiate this TPP, or do you think this is something we could just simply just do without? Well, that's 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 an that's a great question, and um, you know it could very well be that it's something that that 
the president determines it's not viable, that there's no reason to, as you just said. And he's made it clear that he would only join TPP if the deal was substantially better for the American people. And, um, you know, we're going to have this is a wait and see. We're going to have to see how things fold, things unravel um, over the next few days. But uh, but as you said, right now, um, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see, basically. Well, Martha, let's talk about this because I have an agricultural background. I've worked in ag all my life, grew up on a you know farm, the whole deal. So, what are farmers saying about what what President Trump wants to do? What, what what's the what's the news on the ground? Well, you know, to be to be clear, to be clear, the a lot of Americans Americans farmers. By the way, as you know, our farmers and our ranchers are the backbone of America. Oh, they're fantastic and, people, by the way, salt of the earth, the best people you'll ever meet. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this this administration, you know, Donald J. Trump and our vice president, Mike Pence, they campaigned on lifting up rural America, on, on supporting our Amer- America's farmers and ranchers that for far too long have felt neglected. And we've seen time and time again, as recently as you know, the, the infrastructure rollout for rural America um, to right now, the Trump administration opening up, opening up more markets for American producers but, uh, you know, some of our farmers, some of our ranchers have been opposed, have been strongly, vehemently opposed to a few of the current trade positions with China. Sure, that's absolutely the case. But, but this administration is demonstrating time and time again um, the commitment to supporting our family farmers. And we're seeing that right now with uh, the, the import of American pork to Argentina. And this is the first time that has happened in decades, in decades. And what it does is this administration is leveling the playing field. For America's farmers and ranchers, and this is an example, an example of that right now. You know, as you know, the United States is the world's largest top pork exporter. It's it, mm. it represents about 6.5 billion dollar in, in sales, and that's last year alone. And this example here with Argentina opens up another 10 million a year, and that's and that's just the, the beginning. That's just the start. So um, I think what you're seeing here is is, is a strong commitment. It's, it's this administration delivering time and time again on their campaign commitments. And this really means, uh, you know, an opportunity for our, for our farming producers, in this case in, in pork, in this Argentina deal, that uh, we haven't seen in some time. Uh, we're talking with Martha Bonita, founder of the Piedmont Agricultural Academy. Um, our, uh, Martha, you, you said something very important. You mentioned time and time again this president continues to go and renegotiate deals and do things that we've, we've not seen from many other politicians, or if any, at least in our century. Um, and when you mentioned China, which he did the big steel thing, and everyone said that's the end of the world, we're going to get killed. And then China turned right around and blinked and went, okay, you know what, maybe we're ripping you guys off, and we'll, we'll, we'll work a better deal. You've got people like Richard Trumka who tweeted out, TPP was killed because it failed America's workers. It should remain dead. There's no conceivable way to revive it without totally betraying the working people. Do you think that's true, or do you think Donald Trump may be a little more astute than the average negotiator and probably could re- revive this thing if necessary? Well, without, without hesitation, you know, this president has proven himself time and time again to make America first. I mean, that's what he has campaigned on. That's what he's doing. He is making America first. And if this TPP deal does not do that, if, if, if this does not put America first across the board for America, there's no reason for him to agree to anything. And we've seen this time and time again. He's mastered the art of the deal. And, uh, and we're, we're going to see that here again. If this, this deal does not make America first, uh, he will not. He will not. He doesn't see any reason to join it.
Well, once again, we've got Martha Benita on the phone. She's a policy first advisor for American Policies. Um, just one quick question. We're just about out of time. We'll end it with this. How do you see this ending? In your opinion, what do you see happening with this? Is this just another negotiating tool by President Trump? Does it happen? How does it affect you know our farming, the trade with China, and all of our other countries? You talked about Argentina and pork. You know, what do you see happening with this whole entire situation? Uh, well, I think that right now we are going to see uh, an evaluation that takes place. We're going to see, um, you know, how how our president, President Trump, has is going to negotiate uh, these these deals in terms of agriculture. Uh, they, he's increasing and opening up markets, market access to the United States around the world, and uh, we're going to continue to see um, whether or not it makes sense for. Uh, President Trump to join TPP after he evaluates whether or not this deal makes America first. And um, that we're in a kind of a, we're going to wait and see. And this president and this administration has proven time and time again that they are delivering on their promises to America. And that includes um, supporting rural America, supporting our American family farmers, our ranchers that um, produce food. We have got the greatest ranchers and farmers in the world. And uh, they are going to have opened access and, and more uh, opportunity to to new markets for our farmers all around the world, and um, we're going to see we're going to see that continue to expand and grow, and uh, we're going to we're going to see how the president determines whether or not this deal makes sense. Well, and, and she said it best there, Chris. Uh, president Trump, he knows what kind of knows what he's doing. Martha, really quickly, tell everybody where they can find you, how they can help you. You got a sure. Twitter account, social media, website, yes. email. Go ahead. So I'm with America First Policies. And uh, that research, Google America First policies, and you'll find out um, various policy issues and where they are. And also to reach me personally, uh, Twitter is at Paris Barnes, which is the name of our farm uh, store on our family farm. Also uh, Facebook as well, Martha Bonetta. And uh, that's the best way to reach me. And I look forward to hearing from your listeners. And thank you so much for being here. That was fantastic. Martha Bonetta, uh, once again, also the founder of the Piedmont Agriculture Academy over at America First Policies. Man, it was, Matt, she, not only that, uh, she covered a lot of information, but I think she also touched on what we've seen time and time again. As she said, the president continues to, he as he said on the campaign trail, you're going to be tired of all the winning. He's doing a lot of winning, isn't he? Yeah, and, and she said it best. I mean, you look, everything that Donald Trump has done has been America first. So we're going to yes. put that in the context of Syria as we get back to that discussion here for the rest of this hour. If you want to be part of this program, the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open, 888-900-3393. We would love to hear, is President Trump right, wrong? What's your opinion? What should he have done? What shouldn't he have done? What do you think is going on? Lots still to cover, Chris. And by the way, if you get over to the conservativecartel.com, you can register to be a VIP. We're giving away an AR-15 from Diamondback Firearms. You're going to want to get over there and do that. We send out newsletters, behind-the-scenes information, things you just can't get anywhere else. So check that out. We're going back to Syria. We're going back to Syria. Missiles, uh, chemicals, response. Syria. I don't want to. Somebody's listening <laughs> from a tent in Syria, by the way, on Facebook, supposedly. Don't go anywhere, Chris X, Matt Locke. The Conservative Cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network.
is The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe. Well, welcome back to the program this Saturday morning alongside of Chris X. I'm Matt Locke. You've reached the conservative cartel. We are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. We're going to open those Black Rifle Coffee phone lines back up, 888-900-3393. But before we get to all of that, once again, it is time for the cartel to honor our heroes. And this morning, we honor Staff Sergeant Deshaun Briggs. He was 30 at Port Jefferson Station, New York. He died March 15th when an H-860 PAVE helicopter crashed in western Iraq. Briggs was assigned to the 101st Rescue Squadron, 106th Rescue Wing, New York National Guard. Now, Staff Sergeant Deshaun Briggs was an HH-60G Special Missions Aviator Flight Engineer. He joined the 106th Rescue Wing in 2010. He was a full-time military member with the wing and assigned to the 101st Rescue Squadron. He was previously deployed to Afghanistan as a munitions system specialist with the 106th Maintenance Group into Texas and the Caribbean for Hurricanes Harvey in Irma as a member of the 101st. And here's a direct quote. It was with great sadness that I report the loss of four of our wing members, said Colonel Michael Bank, the commander of the 106th Rescue Wing, in a statement, all four of these heroes served their nation and community. Our sincerest condolences and sympathies to the families and friends that have been touched by this tragic event. Now, the cartel honors Staff Sergeant Deshaun Briggs. Thank you, sir, for your service and Godspeed, and may God be with your family and friends in this time of your need and, and your sorrow, of course. And it's it's with great honor that we honor our heroes every every Saturday morning here on the Blaze Radio Network, Chris. It, we just can't say it enough that it, it, we wouldn't be here because of that. And, and, to, and to speak to that, we're going to head back to Syria because a lot of men and women put their lives in harm's way last night. Yeah, anytime, you know, we're we're talking about our military and a military operation, which is what occurred in Syria last night, or an escalation, or w- what have you, and we'll, we'll only see what the future brings. You're right, we are putting people like that, the, these people that have volunteered to protect this great nation, protect us and, and all of our constitutional rights. And so, like I said, our, our thoughts and prayers go off to uh, the sergeant's families and all of these heroes. We cover them every, you know, during the middle of the week, during our, our weekday program, and we cover them here on Saturdays because we're always losing our heroes and we never need to forget that as a nation yeah. and especially when when things are happening like what's going on in syria right now it's so important and we can't forget them and we're honored to do so but you know chris we we've got a lot of news by the way we're, we're going to finish the rest of this hour in syria we've got alex titus coming up in hour two he, he is a america first policy advisor he's got a very in-depth experience in russia in, in the middle east in foreign policy so we're going to pick up with him next hour um president trump last night at about eight o'clock eastern you know did a press conference he, he went on national tv and said i've ordered you know the bombing raids of syria and we're seeing pictures this morning and they're devastating i mean we're we're looking at rubble we're, we're looking at supposedly uh, chemical weapons uh, depots. We're looking at places where they're, you know, they're making these chemical, chemical weapons. But, you know, of course, you've got the propaganda coming out. These were educational institutions, according to Syria. They, they were for higher education. Um, you're going to hear real soon of women and children dying. Um, I want to harken back to a tweet that President Trump sent, I want to say, about a week ago. 
Remember when he said that these bombs were their bombs were new, they were fast, and they were smart? Yeah. They're guided. They're laser guided. We had a laser guided uh warship in the Gulf over there. We have some of the greatest technology in the world when it comes to fighting. But the propaganda spin is going to be, you know, the humanitarian crisis that we just caused. Well, and the interesting thing is, and, and I, I'm going to make a very sad joke, but are, are you sure the rubble you were looking at is from our bombs? Because I've seen pictures before last night of Syria. Yeah. That place is, well, as the president might refer to, as a crap hole. So <laughs> it, it just, oh. it, it's been bombed like this mercilessly for the right. last, what, how many years? With this civil war going on, yeah. you've got these warring factions of rebel groups. You've got ISIS there. You've got Assad, who is no friend to his people. Um, so, so it's it's hard to tell. And then, of course, the like you, the the information or misinformation uh, campaign comes out now. So you're right. You got Russia claiming that Syria air defense has shot down 71 of 103 missiles. Does anybody believe that? I don't. I, I'll be I'll be the first to tell you I don't believe that. D- does Syria have that kind of technology? I, I don't think so. Does has Russia mm-hmm. given it to them? Maybe we know Russia has some of that technology, but in the end, we have the best, most fierce military. And like you said, I hope this is an in and out. This is a red line deal. Look, don't screw with us. You, you, you better you, look. We're not going to stand for this. Barack Obama is not the president of the United States anymore. Well, and that's the thing you just said. You said, don't screw with us. They didn't screw with us. They screwed with their own people, and that's why this is such a uh, a, a dicey situation, which we, we say this is, a, you know, as a world community, we say you don't use chemical weapons on your own people. Well, the reality is, from the information that we have, did he, did, uh, we don't know if Assad just decided, hey, listen, I'm going to, you know, drop some bombs on some innocent people, or is this very similar to what we see what happens in, in Palestine and with Syria yep. and, in, I'm sorry, um, with ISIS or, or al-Qaeda, is they use human shields. We have no idea. Was this a rebel stronghold where they had these rebels and they surround themselves with women and children yep. so they can use that as propaganda? We just don't know. There's a lot of information that we, we have very little information on. People don't know that we have troops on the ground in Syria. We do. We do. Yeah. So, uh, and you mentioned these these smart missiles that were sent. They're smart bombs. Now we're, you know, I'm looking at uh, some of the responses from uh, the Pentagon chief spokesperson, Dana White, and then they're saying, you know, we're, we're waiting and, and preparing for any sort of retaliatory attack because right. we're going to see what's going to happen with, um, say, uh, Syria or Russia. Um, you know what? Let's jump to the phones very quickly. We've got Dom out in Minnesota. Uh, Dom, thanks for calling in here this morning on The Blaze uh-huh. on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. What's on your mind this morning? Hey, good morning, guys. You know, I'm still dreaming of a world where every war, every time war is declared between two countries, people get to pick the politician that will mud wrestle in Rome to determine the outcome. The winner gets to stay, you know, the winner gets to stay in office and the loser gets on Facebook for a year with free access to the two billion people to post comments about him or her. Oh. Can, you imagine, can you imagine how quickly we would have a war-free world if you had that happen? I mean, on a, on a more serious note, when Trump, Trump is, I mean, for the, for the year and a half that I've seen him operate, uh, he's a master at making the complex simple, especially when he says things like, you know, yesterday I was watching him talk about the declaration of war on Syria. What kind of person would use chemical weapons to hurt its own people? Or when he's talking about the TPP, China is working in the best interest of China, and so are we. So it makes it difficult for the other other party to say, you know what, <clears throat> he's right. I mean, even the enemy has to admit, well, you know, he seems to make sense kind of deal. So in my opinion, the only meaningful metric that separates 
most of the elites, you know, elitism that want a globalized world from real Americans is, is MAGA, which is M-A-G-A. Not so much the phrase, but the principle that the country and its people have earned the right to determine their future in the way they see fit. So Man. in spite of all the yeah. shortcomings, I think Trump is able to kind of get the point across to the people that matter, the working stiff, say, hey, you know what? Whatever his actions taken is justified. I don't, I don't justify killing people or whatever, but I think he's able to communicate it much better than any of the politicians. Man, Dom, I think, first of all, I think you're, Dom, thank you for the call. First of all, I think you're dead on. And he, Spot you, on. You, he mentioned something is absolutely right and I think is often overlooked by the media. Trump has the ability to take something very complex and break it down to, to very simple with what he does on Twitter and the way he talks to people. Yep. I think Dom's dead on the money. And then communicates it that way. I mean, yeah. and, and most people, look, most people want it that way. They want to understand what's going on. And, and, and when President Trump went out there last night, he said, look, here's why we're doing this. This is a monster in Syria. Who would unleash chemical weapons on their own people? Why would they do this? Why would this happen? We cannot let this stand. It is something of a humanitarian crisis. If the UN isn't going to act, we are. And is it, it, look, are we directly as Americans under attack from Syria? No. Not in any way, shape, or form, but we are the biggest stick in the world. Should we be all over the world? That's the question we're asking you. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393, if you want to chime in like Dom there. Are we, should we be doing this? Did Donald Trump convince you, as he did Dom, and put it in simple terms, that this is something that we should be doing? We would love to hear your comments, 888-900-3393, Chris one more segment here in hour one. We're going to continue on with Syria. We've got a Pentagon. Pentagon officials are out. They're talking this morning. We're waiting for a retaliatory you know, situation to see if it's going to happen. We, we're seeing what's going on in the ground there because it's now morning over there. It's actually afternoon now. They're a little bit ahead of us. But a lot of things going on in the world right now. Well, yes, and and we're going to touch more on this, obviously, on the other side of the break and throughout the the entire program. Um, When we come back, I'm going to mention what kind of people would would do that, the the same kind of people that maybe would put bombs on their children and send them across the border. We see this kind of stuff. Don't go away. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel. I'm Chris X, uh, along with Matt Locke. We'll be right back. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on The Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Now, here's Matt Block and Chris X. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. I am Chris X, along with Matt Lock. We are here live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open. Uh, in fact, the, the lines are, are getting lit very quickly. We're going to go right to the phones. We have a bunch of phone calls we're going to try to get through in this segment. If you want to get in line after the next caller drops off, 888 We're talking about Syria. Should we be involved? Shouldn't we be involved? What's going on over there? Let's go ahead and jump right to the phones. We'll pick up with, uh, we got Big Rich patiently holding in New York. Hey, Big Rich, thanks for calling this morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Well, when Obama was celebrating that they took care of Syria with the gases, once again it proved that the Democrat Party and the Obama administration lied to the nation again. OK, 
okay? If Obama were taking care of business the first time around, the president should not be put in this predicament. He, the president did what he had to do. He had he had to put a stand, and he did what he had to do. You know, what what, what the, the president of Syria is doing is, is genociding among his own people, and the stand had to get done. This was a precise hit. It was planned perfectly, and the mission got accomplished. Now, the United States is putting it on Syria and Russia's, but what y'all want to do next? Man, that's, you know, it's, thank you for the call, Rich. Good questions. You know, it's interesting, and you're right. Obama left a big mess. He celebrated the Arab Spring, which led to a lot of this nonsense. So, uh, once again, we're all about freedom, but, but when you talk about freedom in that part of the world, it's a different kind of freedom over there, okay? It's a, it's a different world. Uh, Rich, thanks for the call. Matt, Matt, let's keep rolling through the phones. All right. Let's pick up with Dave out in Pennsylvania, who's patiently holding his well. Dave, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to the conservative cartel. Thanks, guys. Hey, I just wanted to say I totally agree with the president's decision to uh, go through with these attacks. And ultimately, it doesn't have to do with Syria. Ultimately, it has to do with showing the rest of the world that chemical weapons attacks are not going to be tolerated. Um, because if, if we continue to allow what Obama allowed to happen, um, it's going to embolden somebody else to try to do the same thing because they saw that Nobody did anything about it when Syria did it, so we're going to try to do it. So when he said it was about national security, it is about national security. It wasn't an attack on us now, but it could be down the road if we don't put a stop to it. So, Dave, oh, Dave, let me ask just a quick question. I want to ask Dave just a quick question because I don't disagree with what you said, but is it up to America to take care of that, or should someone over in that area stand up? Um. I don't know that anybody over in that area is going to do it. That's the problem. I think, uh, you know, like you guys said, we're the biggest sticks in the world right now. Um, we need to be the leaders. And that's been the problem for the past uh, eight years prior to President Trump was we stopped being a leader in the world. And that's unfortunately in some areas our position being the only true superpower left, I believe, is – to be one of those guiding lights and be the leader that says we're not going to tolerate this because I think too many other countries are willing to take a back seat for the sake of not ruffling somebody's feathers or not causing themselves problems down the road. I agree with everything Dave just said. I mean, uh, Dave, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, for those of you who want to get in on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393, 3393 We'll get to Zach in just a second. Um, but Dave's right. Um, American exceptionalism is a real thing. America is the global leader. We have been for a while. And if we don't step up, who else does? We, we know exactly who does. It's called Russia. Yeah. And Russia does not have our best uh, interest at heart, neither does China or anybody else that might be a world power. So to... To answer your question, Matt, on I agree with Dave 100. percent I think he's right on. No, I, and I don't think he's wrong. That's what I said. I just want to, you know, you got Israel over there as well, but Israel's going to need our help, of course. I yeah. mean, it, when it comes to the national stage, and you and I hit on this in really quickly, we do have UK and the France in France over there helping us. So it's not as if we're just standing there by ourselves. It yeah. just takes us to act first to get these smaller players to say, okay, you know what, I'm with you. I think Zach may want to talk about that. Once again, if you want to join us, uh, 888-900-3393 is the toll-free number. 888-900-3393 is the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. Let's pick up with Zach, who's also patiently holding uh, in North Carolina. Uh, Zach, thanks for holding. Welcome to the conservative cartel. 
Zach, are you there? Maybe not. Looks like we lost Zach. All right, Zach, if you want to call us back, uh, we'll get to you. Uh, and, uh, uh, from what I'm, I think Zach wanted to talk about was what you just mentioned, because uh, it does it speaks volumes that we didn't do this on our own. Right. We went in this with uh, you know Great Britain and uh, of course uh, France. France is not the one that ever dives off in any sort of conflict. In fact, no. they avoided it at all costs, like the plague. Yeah. So. Uh, by the way, I wanted to answer the question from the last segment you mentioned. Uh, the president asked the question, what kind of people uses chemical or what kind of person uses chemical weapons on their own people? And the, I hate to say this, but in that part of the world, that ain't no big deal. I mean, yeah. I, it, it, and I mean that I don't mean that lightly. It ain't no big deal. You, you go look at Palestine. They strap their children in bombs and send them across the Israeli border to kill people. That's what they think of their future. Yeah. Okay, so you've got that. Look what happens in Afghanistan. Look what's happening in Iraq and with ISIS and what they're doing to their own people with ISIS and, and that kind of stuff. Al-Qaeda, the Taliban. Look look what they do to their women over there. Oh, okay? property. They get, they get, first of all, they're treated like cattle, like yep. property. And then second of all, they're treated horribly. They get gang raped by their neighbors. And in Pakistan, they'll get sentenced to be gang raped again or in certain tribal communities. Or once again, they will take them and bury them up to their waist. And then all the entire neighborhood gets in on, on smashing them to death with rocks. Okay. That is the part of the world we're talking about. So here's the other thing, too. And I'm going to say something that's not going to be very popular. Assad uh, is not a good guy. I don't think he's a great guy. I don't think he's a friendly guy. He is a dictator. But you know what? That place was relatively stable before some of these rebel groups came in and this civil war started. Now, was he treating his people great? Hell no, he didn't. But you've got that faction that we should have never went into Iraq. Well, right. okay, is, is this part due? Now, I disagree with us going into Iraq. We absolutely, let me rephrase that. I disagree with those people. We absolutely needed to go into Iraq because of the very same things that Dave is pointing out. Saddam Hussein was funding suicide bombers from Palestine. Right. He was giving harbor to terrorists. He tried to kill uh, Herbert Walker Bush. He sent an assassination team to kill him. Yeah. So once again, that guy was a threat and deserved to be taken out. Here we are in, in, in a very similar situation. And, and where do you draw the line? What's going to replace Assad? When, when he's taken out, something right. bigger, meaner, and worse? And more than likely, you, all great points because you don't know who – look at Gaddafi. Look at Libya. Look at what we did there and when we took him out. What came in behind him? Worse. You know, yeah. you, you talk about Assad. You talk about Gaddafi. You talk about these dictators. They are dictators. The, the, the Middle East has been on fire since, since the, the beginning of time. They've been tr tribal fighting and over land and, you know, the Crusades. And, I mean, you can go back decades upon decades of fighting over there. Is it ever going to end? Probably not. But at some point, you do draw the line. At some point, we are the biggest stick, as I said before. At some point, you know, I hate to say this because a lot of people hate it, but we are the world's policemen. If we're yeah. not – and the amazing thing is you've got a bunch of liberals – running around this country saying they are for human rights, saying they are for women, for feminists, for equal rights, for, you know, all that stuff. But then they sit silent as these countries like Syria, Iraq, Iran are throwing gays off of buildings, as they're stoning women to death, as you said, as they're doing these unspeakable acts of torture and violence to their people. And then the left sits around and says, oh, you know, we're just for that stuff over here. We, you know, we, we don't care about that over there. You guys are just a bunch of neocon warmongers.
Yeah, and as you you mentioned, uh, look what happened when we, when 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 the um, the Hildebeest took out uh, Gaddafi. They went over there and got rid of that guy. And he said, Gaddafi said before we went over there, and, uh, and the remarkable brilliance of the Obama administration before they funded this uprising to take him out. He said, Listen, you people have no idea what I'm doing over here. There are monsters in Africa, okay, and I'm keeping them at bay. Yep. And you don't know what you're dealing with. So Hild- Hildebeest and 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 her ilk decided, Well, you know what? We're going to show him. So we came, we saw, and he died, right? And then what happened? Look at, as you mentioned, Syria now. It's a strong, not Syria. I'm sorry, Libya now. It is a stronghold of ISIS because they're still there. They're selling northern Africans on the black market slaves. I've watched the slave trades on video. People are being sold as slaves in that country now. That wasn't happening before. Now, don't get me wrong. There were slaves, and it was terrible, but it's far worse now than what it was before because they didn't have a plan. We'll just get rid of them. Well, who's in charge of Libya now? Yeah, exactly. And what comes next? And who's going to keep those monsters at bay? Who's going to do the things necessary to keep that country doing what it's doing? And I saw some comments today. You know, on, on Facebook, you know, they're saying, look, this is not something we should do. Nation building. Are we nation building? By God, we're done with hour one, Chris. Hour one in the books. Stick around. Hour two. More Syria. IG report. Alex Titus, the conservative cartel. We're going to roll along this Saturday morning. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to our number two of the Conservative Cartel. I am Chris X, along with Matt Locke. We are here live in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open this segment. If you want to get in, we're talking Syria. We're talking Russia. Says there will be retaliation for the strikes that occurred last night. We've got uh, updates on that. We're going to be picking up with Alex Titus here in the next segment. Talk a little bit more about this issue and more. And the the big debate is, what is it? Did uh, Is this the right thing? to do or is it not the right thing to do uh, let me give you the phone number and then we'll pick up a sexual chocolate that would be ron phillips 888 is the black rifle coffee hotline 888 hey ron phillips tell us what's going on this hour hey good morning guys uh this hour of the conservative cartel is brought to you by combat flip-flops be a part of the unarmed forces and help manufacture peace through trade visit combatflipflops.com and use code cartel 20 for 20 percent off your first order CombatFlipFlops.com, bad for running, worse for fighting. Worse for fighting. And here we are fighting over in Syria. But look, let me let me take just a second, Chris, while we got everybody sitting around here coming in on the Facebook, on the Blaze. Head over to TheConservativeCartel.com. Become a VIP. It's very easy. Just need your email. We're not going to spam you. It's free. But we are giving away, and you now see it on the screen if you're watching on the Facebook page of the Cartel or the Liberty Eagle. That is a Diamondback Firearms D-B-E-M-L-B AR-15. That is an $850 retail gun that Diamondback Firearms has teamed up with the conservative cartel. And if you are a VIP member, 
you will be put in the drawing to win that gun May 4th. Man, that's you want to make sure you get by the conservativecartel.com and get registered for that because that's a pretty sweet deal to win right there. Hey, and not only we've got decals, we got the window stickers, they're four ninety nine, oh, yeah. that's shipping including. Get over there, put that on your car, your locker, your door, your trapper keeper, anything you can get that put on, you can do. Four ninety nine will get you that. That's with shipping. We've got hats on the on the website now, the conservativecartel.com, and of course you can go over there and you can find out all about our Monday through Friday show on the on the USA Radio Network. So do that, figure out what's going on there, but we would certainly appreciate that. The website's going to be undergoing a little bit of a transformation. Yeah, but did you say Trapper Keeper? I haven't used one of those in a long time. You know, I'm a Trapper Keeper kind of guy. That's I had a Trapper Keeper when I was in middle school. I thought they were cool. And when, awesome. when I had my Trapper Keeper, I had Transformer stickers and all kinds of cool stuff you had on them when you were in the fifth, sixth grade. That's true. I loved my Trapper Keeper. It was awesome yeah. in 1981. So, what's your point? Because I'm <laughs> no, old? Yeah, I'm not. I didn't want to say that. I wasn't uh, going to make I'm, that comment. I'm old, but Trapper Keepers are cool, and that's fine. But let's get back <laughs> to Syria real quick. Get over to conservativecartel.com, by the way, and do that. So, here's the deal. According to Pentagon officials, a number of facilities in Syria were struck. A chemical weapons storage facility, a chemical weapons equipment storage, and crucial command post near Homs, or Homs, H-O-M-S, and a scientific research facility in Damascus believed to be key in the production of chemical and biological weapons. Yeah. Uh, by the way, and, and uh, Ron has put the tweet up for those watching on the Conservative Cartel or the Liberty Eagle Facebook pages. If you're watching the show, a perfectly executed strike last night. Thank you to France and the United Kingdom for their wisdom and the power of their fine military. Could not have had a better result. Mission accomplished. And uh, and Matt had read that tweet from Donald Trump earlier in the program. Yep. And I want to make sure you guys in the second hour get it. Um, well, yeah, Chris, it's, it's there's pretty... actually a newer tweet. Ron, do you have the newest Trump tweet oh, that you can see. throw up there? Because he just tweeted like a minute ago hour ago somewhere in there um it says so proud of our great military which will soon be after spending of billions of fully approved dollars the finest our country's ever had there won't be anything or anyone even close yeah i can just see trying like hold on i'm tweeting hold on believe me i'm tweeting (laughs) well i I made the joke last night chris got to go and watch the astros and rangers game down in houston and I and he said, "Oh, we're having a great time enjoying the baseball game." And I, I I put to him, I said, "It's a good thing Donald Trump writes our show." Yeah, we don't. There really is no show prep anymore. You just go to Donald Trump's Twitter account. Boom, show's done. Yeah, it, it's it's we're watching a, a day and time to where we live in a very dangerous world. And you know, you see all these conspiracy theories. You know that the left wants to take us to war, and there's a deep state and the neocons, and everybody wants to be perpetually there. I don't think Donald Trump is part of that apparatus. No, I think it's pretty clear that he's not. Oh, by the way, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention we have viewers over on The Blaze uh, as well right now. So I want to make sure we, we include you guys. Thank you for watching uh, the video portion of the program. But to, but to go back and to your point, Matt, you're right. Donald Trump is a different animal. He came along. They weren't prepared for him in Washington. They were prepared for President Hill Dog, and it didn't happen. And he's dealing with that whole deal on the home front. Well, the reality is the world doesn't stop. So you've got this guy that's not part of the apparatus, not part of the swamp, and now he's dealing with this. And you said something earlier in the program. I think he's leading through strength. He shows that because throughout history, that has shown to be a pretty good concept. 
Well, and if you look at it, you're absolutely correct. He he all the time quotes Ronald Reagan. You look at that, what, you know, Ronald Reagan did as a president, you know, yeah. our economy, our foreign policy, when he bombed the barracks over there in Libya after they, you know, the barracks mm-hmm. of the of the Marines that, that got bombed by Libya, he, he retaliated. You, you've got to show the world we, we live in a very dangerous time. And, and if you're going to be bullied by these other countries, they're going to keep taking, taking, and taking until you stand up. And, and we've watched for the last eight years as Barack Obama drew that red line, and then he stepped back, and then he yeah. drew the red line, and then he stepped back, and then he drew the red line, and he stepped back. And there was no consequences to any of the words that he was saying. And I, I truly believe this with all my heart. If you like this whole thing in Syria, if you don't, if you agree with it, if you're mad about it, if you're upset, first of all, give us a call. Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open, 888-900-3393, because we are the marketplace of liberty. We, we are open for business. We are ready to hear your opinion, and it is valuable to us. I think Donald Trump is showing the world that he is a man of his word. I agree with that. And then and now the other thing is we have to look at this, and this is what terrifies liberals and anti-Trumpers alike. They think World War III is starting now because of the, the ignorance and insanity of Donald Trump. You've got Vladimir Putin saying there will be consequences for this strike. So is there going to be consequences? What are they going to be? And uh, and once again, there's a lot of people that are terrified. I mean, you watch the Rosie O'Donnells of the world and, and these Hollywood elites and, and those in the news because they're all lefties too, they're freaked out right now. They're like, "Oh my God, how dare!" It was well, okay when 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 the other presidents did this, but no, when he does this, it's the end of the world now. Well, but Chris, I saw the very interesting tweet last night. Producer Ron and I were talking about it. The left, they just don't know what to think. They don't know whether to say, "Oh yeah," or "Oh my God, we got to stand behind Vladimir Putin because Putin's enemy number one." You know, mm-hmm. he he dictated and 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 completely manipulated our last election, according to the left. But now they're in a rock and a hard place. They're like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, we don't like Putin," but yet Putin is standing up against Trump. So what do we do? Well, I'll get, give you a hint. I know what they're going to do. They're going to side with Putin because facts have no bearing on their their ideology, okay? What they're going to do is whatever it can to bring down Trump, that's what they're going to do. See, Trump caused this. Remember, these are the same people. Rosie O'Donnell apologized. Or no, no. Was it her? And Chelsea Handler apologized to Kim Jong-un, okay, yeah. for Donald Trump. Okay? The, that, that's the insanity that is the left. And that, <clears throat> that's a problem because, once again, facts don't matter and logic doesn't matter in their no. world. They just want what they want and they want it now whether it makes sense or not. So that's that's what's going to happen with them. I, I guarantee you there are clowns right now on Twitter on the left that are going talking about how terrible Trump is and, and Putin should come get him. Well, yeah, and they just don't know any better. And, and we've said this time and time and time again. We're not generals. We don't know. We don't have as as civilians. We don't have all the information, and that's mm-hmm. fine because the one thing that the government should do, the one thing that you know the government was put in place for when the founding fathers, you know, founded this amazing country, was for the defense of this country. Yeah. I I I I give up my right to the government to defend me against all all enemies, foreign and domestic. They're going to have information. You and I aren't privy to. Do I want to know all that information? More than likely not, because if I know all that information, oh, my God. You know, look, Chris, we watch these movies. 
we see this stuff where you, you, you see all these covert agents and things are going down and you read the Brad Thor books of the world with the Scott Harvaths who go out and kill all these terrorists to keep our country safe. I, I bet you there is a world like that. We just don't know it. I will answer that question. I know there is a world like that. I know it because I know some of those people. And the reality is it is a very dangerous world. And Our country, this is a sad thing, but our country has to do certain things that we don't find, we don't, uh, that we think only other countries do. Right. And the reality is no, and it was really bad for the last eight years because they did it when it suited them. And they did it against certain Americans and civilians that wasn't very cool. So nonetheless, but there are certain operations that we have going on in this world with certain people that, that, you would be astonished what's going on. In fact, I am astonished. Uh, don't go away. I, coming up next, we're going to pick up with Alex Titus. Uh, you're listening to The Conservative Cartel. I'm Chris Sachs along with Matt Locke. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is down. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, the Conservative Cartel, this Saturday morning as we are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is now because we're going to go to our next guest. We've got Alex Titus, who is a policy advisor for American First Policies, where he works to advance the Trump-Pence foreign policy agenda, focusing mainly on the Middle East, Asia, Europe. Alex has spent extensive time in the Middle East, traveling to the region for 45 days in 2017 alone, where he participated in briefings with elected officials, national security experts, religious leaders, and community activists. So what better introduction than that, Alex? Welcome back to the conservative cartel. How are you, sir? Great. Hey, thank you all so much for having me on today. Well, Alex, let's get right into this because we've got an unbelievable situation that has started here in Syria. We've got bombings going on. It's all over the news. Your opinion. I mean, what what is going on in Syria? What is Trump doing and why? Sure. So last night we heard President Trump announce pretty late on Friday evening to the nation in an address that the United States, in coordination with the United Kingdom and France, had launched precision precision strikes against the Syrian regime for its use of chemical weapons against its own people in the Syrian city of Douma, which I know a lot of uh, folks heard last Sunday had killed approximately 40 people. There was images of children with foam coming out of their mouth. Uh, Women and children were literally laid on top of each other because of this grotesque use of chemical weapons by the Assad regime. And President Trump, as we heard earlier in the week, had promised a very strong response to this and that Assad would have a big price to pay. And the president really delivered on this. And this strike was approximately two times bigger than the one uh, in April 2017 that the Trump administration had carried out for Assad's use of chemical weapons. So President Trump and his administration really sending a strong signal to Assad and his Iranian and Russian allies that the use of chemical weapons will not go without the United States and potentially international response like we saw last night. 
We're talking with Alex uh, Titus, policy advisor with America First Policies. Alex, we, we saw this from, from all accounts. It looks like it was, uh, you know, on our behalf, a, a fairly successful strike. Um, we're going to get a lot of information and misinformation as time goes on. Uh, we are seeing that um, uh, the Russia and Vladimir Putin is responding, saying there will be consequences for this strike. Uh, do you have any idea what you think those consequences may be or, or if at all? You know, it's interesting you say that because we actually heard before the strike take place that Russia, I, I believe it was the Russian ambassador to Lebanon, had said that if any United States or joint response were to happen, that Russia would target where those missiles or where that response had came from, which last night we saw a response by uh, naval vessels, which is where we shot some Tomahawk missiles, and then also a response from air, which is where B-1 bombers basically shot uh sort of these big missiles that look like little airplanes in themselves. And Russia had really talked a big game, saying they would potentially shoot down uh, some of our air vessels or potentially shoot down some of our Navy ships, which, I mean, that would be an incredible escalation to what we could have potentially ever seen before. And you heard an announcement from the U.S., uh, from the Russian ambassador of the United States, that Russia had was brewing up with a response and would respond to these actions with, some sort of harsh response of their own. But to this point, that seems to have been a lot of bluster and a lot of really harsh rhetoric. And I think you'll expect to hear more of that out of uh, the Russian regime, that they're going to hold the United States accountable for this, and they're going to press as hard at the United Nations and whatnot. But in terms of an actual physical military response, I don't think that we'll see anything of that sort. And if it was to happen, it likely would have happened last night when the strikes were actually taking place. We've got Alex Titus on the phone, America First Policies Policy Advisor. Alex, um, on some of the chatter I've seen, I follow a lot of people that are well in the know. In, in some of the chatter I've seen, and maybe you can correlate this or confirm it, um, it looks to what I've seen that we had a little bit of some Russian stand down. They moved some ships, moved some planes, kind of just got out of the way. Any truth to that? I think there's a lot of truth to that. And. As I said a little bit earlier, I mean, they had promised a very strong military response to this. I mean, could you imagine if the United States had said something along the lines of that, if Russia is helping Assad hoard chemical weapons, that we will destroy any Russian vessel that uses them? I mean, that would be an incredible escalation from the U.S. perspective, which that's obviously not what President Trump or his administration said, but that is what Russia said. And I think you're right. And uh I was actually listening to the Pentagon briefing this morning, and it's unclear if Russia would have had the – because they're, the Pentagon is being a, a little bit quiet. They're still not disclosing all of the details in terms of especially the air units that were used in the operation. Uh, but potentially Russia had the ability to – this is still not confirmed, but they potentially had the ability to actually shoot down some of our fighter jets or some of our B-1s that took place in the strike with some of their – air defenses in the region. And if they did have that capability, they obviously didn't use it because to this point, we know there was no coalition losses on our side. There was no U.S. jet shot down. All of our naval vessels are fine. So as you said, I think a lot of bluster was coming out of this and that the Russians really moved out of the way and that they weren't willing to re respond with the strong military force that they had originally promised.
Uh, on the phone with us is Alex Titus. Uh, uh, once again, he's over at uh, America First Policies. Alex, uh, here's another thought, too. One is you, you mentioned they sort of moved out of the way. We do know that the Trump administration has a back channel to Russia, as did the Obama administration, the, despite the fact liberals lost their minds that Trump has one. Um, so we know this is going on. We saw just in February alone, now that uh, Mike Pompeo had, had admitted that over 200 Russian mercenaries were killed by our strikes in February in Syria. Uh, any chance, and I, and I maybe I think there's probably a whole lot of chance. You think maybe that uh, Donald Trump is tweeting out one thing, they're saying something in public. So is Russia, but maybe they're talking to each other, saying, "Hey, listen, we're going after them. You might as well get out of the way." And maybe that's what they're doing. So that could that could definitely be a possibility. But at least from what the Pentagon had told us this morning, there was no warning that was given to Russia ahead of time, either from the United States, United Kingdom, or France. There was, there was no warning. We just basically went ahead and did this ourselves. But as Secretary Mattis said last night, the specific targets that we're focusing here, we thought had a very low probability of having not only Russian soldiers or Russian engineers or Russian technicians, but also Iranian forces as well in terms of their personnel. So I think that I, – I, I do think that the, the Pentagon is, is correct when they, when they say that, but there probably was no warning given – but that the strikes were a precision in nature, which is which is what President Trump had said, in order to make sure that we did not uh, strike Russian troops, basically. Because as you said, that was a major clash that happened in February. There was uh, approximately 300 Kremlin mercenaries killed, and we think at least 45 of those were Russian citizens. And that was very downplayed in the news in terms of what had actually happened there, even though that was the deadliest clash that has happened between Russian and U.S. troops since the Cold War, which, I mean, is, is incredible. Uh, so, yeah, I think that there, there could be some sort of potential back channel that, that is there, but I don't know if that happened uh, in this circumstance. Well, we've got Alex Titus. He's a policy advisor for American First Policies. Alex, our time grows short here. We've got, we've got about three minutes left. Where do, what happens now? I, I mean, we, we're hearing that this is an in and out. It's a very precision-based strike. What happens now? I mean, obviously, we have these coalition forces with the U.K. and and with France. We get in, we get out. What's going to be the overall effect, and what's going to happen with the fallout now? So the strike that happened last night was really supposed to specifically just be to not normalize the use of chemical weapons, which is a position that the United States and international community has repeated over and over again that chemical weapons and conflicts are unacceptable and that they're really just a disgusting, inhumane way for people to die. Uh, But, I mean, President Trump also announced last night again that by no means is this going to sort of expand the United States presence in Syria for the long term. Eventually, the president does want to remove the troops that are there right now, which are still combating ISIS and radical Islamic terrorism. But the president also said that we will have a a sustained response that was similar to the one last night if chemical weapons were used again, specifically sarin, which is one of the facilities that we actually destroyed last night, which we believe was holding uh, sarin weapons. But, yeah, I think you could see another strike happen again if Assad, you know, goes out and uses gas against his own people that President Trump has promised, as he did in his speech last night, that the United States will offer a strong response. But I think what's also really notable from this is that Trump didn't go at this alone. I mean, we worked with the United Kingdom. We worked with France. We also potentially worked with our Gulf state Arab allies. 
And I think it just really goes to show a, a strong response to the administration and the international community that this is unacceptable, the use of chemical weapons. But in terms of the conflict, uh, anyone could guess, you know, how, that con- how the Syrian conflict will continue to play out over the next one or two years, just with sort of the chaos and tons of different moving actors that are already on the ground in, in, in the region. Uh, Alex, very quickly, um, I guess, uh, very quickly, give us your your take on uh, what do you think? Is this the the, the last response, I guess, depending on how things occur? You think this is a a one and done sort of thing unless something escalates with the Trump administration? And then also, because we are short on time, uh, tell everyone how they can find out more information about you, follow you on Twitter and all of that stuff. Of course. Yeah. So I think that if we do see the use of of, of sarin gas again, that the Trump administration has promised a a strong response and that we could potentially see more strikes. But in terms of uh, regime change or anything of that sort, that's that's not the U.S. objective right now in Syria, despite what you think of that. Uh, That was pretty much over in 2014. That was sort of the time to do it if that wasn't in U.S. interest, depending on, you know, what folks say. Uh, But that that time has passed. And I think Trump administration has made clear that it's just going to hold Assad accountable for his use of chemical weapons, which is fantastic and a very noble position of the administration to take. And thank you guys again so much for having me on. And folks can follow me on Twitter at A Titus, T I T U S 7 on Twitter. And thank you guys again so much. Well, thank you, Alex Titus, American First Policies. He's a policy advisor. He's a frequent flyer of the conservative cartel. We certainly appreciate him. Find him at A Titus, the number seven on Twitter. Follow him, a very bright individual. I wanted to ask him, we just ran out of time. I wanted to ask him if there was any credibility behind the strikes of hitting any Hezbollah or any of that stuff. But look, we've got so much going on over there. I think we've we've ran this thing through for half the show, Chris. I think we probably ought to turn our attention to an IG report that came out yesterday. And all of this hubbub that's come out with Syria, we forgot that uh, we found out that uh, Mr. McCabe may have been let go for all the right reasons. And now we've got some inner political backstabbing going on. We're going to get to that much more. Comey's book's out. You don't want to go anywhere. The conservative cartel is going to roll on. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open. 888-900-3393. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, here's Matt Locke and Chris Axe. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. I am Chris Axe, along with Matt Locke. I want to thank uh, Alex Titus for joining us with America First Policies. That was a, gr- a great guest, a great interview, and we're, we're glad to have, uh, like I said, bring on the experts. When we don't know the answers, we like to get the experts here to let you know. If you want to join us here live in the Nine Line Apparel studios, all you got to do is pick up the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. That's right, it is now open. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. We've been talking about Syria, and we will, we'll touch on that. We'll continue, but also 
there was an IG report that sort of slipped out with all this new. What's funny is I'm seeing people say, "Wag the dog, Matt." Yes. Yeah, what about the Clinton the administration dog. when that happened? Yes. I mean, come on. And here we go again. And it's funny because I I was on social media yesterday all afternoon. I did the commentary, the cartel commentary, the little videos we do of this IG report. Yeah. And as we've watched it, you know, I laid the complete thing out. But it's funny because the left will come out. Anything damning that comes out against the left, the first thing they say, well, that's not all of it. That, that, that's not you're, – you're jumping to conclusions. Oh, but you guys on the right, you're okay when your guy does it. We're well, never <laughs> okay when people do wrong and yeah. literally lie under oath. And then the Democratic Party comes out and says, hey, let's give you a job so at least you get your pension and your benefits. And then they they run up a GoFundMe page for $600,000 because the guy's a multimillionaire, by the way. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because we're going to get into McCabe and what's going on. And you got James Comey. We've got some tweets. I want you to read some of the tweets from Donald Trump yesterday uh, talking about this whole McCabe and Comey thing. What's funny is the um, the left hated James Comey. Oh, hated him. He, he was gone. He was done when he was when he released that information on Hillary Clinton with what she did. He was so furious. He was so mad. They were. I'm sorry. He they the entire left is. It's time for him to step down. He's gone. Yep. He needs to be fired. He's inept. He's just, he's defaced the FBI. Yep. Oh wait, he didn't indict her. We love, love James him. Comey. And he's the greatest thing ever. And we can't wait till this book comes out and it's going to. Now there's oh, wait, but there's nothing in this book that brings down Trump. We're so confused well the funny thing is if hillary clinton would have became president jim comey would have gotten fired he yeah. would have gotten fired it would have been a no-brainer he was going to be fired and you would have watched as the democrats would have applauded and said yes you needed to take him down because remember they found all that information on anthony weiner's laptop <laughs> yeah along with a few pictures of underage girls he was sexting so you know there's that um, hey, look, I want you to get to this, uh, some of these uh, these tweets, because Ron is posting them. For yes. those who are watching on social media over on uh, the Liberty Eagle or our page, the Conservative Cartel Facebook pages, you can go read these, check them out. In fact, I want you to read them for those listening, because this is a, a new thing, Matt. We've got to where we, we almost have to read his tweets every day. I mean, it's like news, and there it is. You know, producer Ron just threw it back up. It says, James Comey is a proven leaker and liar. And leaker and liar are in bold, and then they're in caps. He is a proven leaker and liar, and that's exactly the case. We know that James Comey had seven memos that he gave to a college professor. Yeah. I mean, we know this to be the, the, the it's proof. He did it, and we know four of them had classified information in it. But Trump goes on. He says, virtually everyone in Washington thought he should be fired for the terrible job he did until he was, in fact, fired. He leaked classified information for which he should be prosecuted. He lied to Congress under oath. He is weak. And Damn. guess what? <laughs> this he, is where it gets really he's good. He's an man. untruthful slime ball who was at time, who, who as time has proven a terrible director of the FBI. His handling of the crooked Hillary Clinton case and the events surrounding it will go down as one of the worst botched jobs of history. It was my great honor to fire James Comey. <laughs> I mean, that's, dude, this is Donald Trump as Donald Trump gets. And I'm going to tell you, in the next hour, by the way, here, here at the bottom of hour three, we're going to have former federal prosecutor Sidney Powell on the program, Licensed to Lie. She wrote a damn book about the corruption that goes on within our, our government.
but she knows this stuff inside and out. Now, Chris, we talked about this on yesterday's show, The Conservative Cartel. Rod Rosenstein got summoned to the White House. Yes, he did. Why do you think that happened, uh, two rods? <laughs> uh, it was double rods. Double rods. God dang it. I, it oh, I blew that all up. Double rods. My bad. But why Why is Rod Rosenstein uh, acting deputy assistant uh, attorney general? Why did he get called to the White House? Well, before we get into that, I, I want to step back. First of all, you talk about Trump being Trump. That tweet is hysterical, those it's, tweets. It's funny. Uh, it, it's it is very. It, it is funny because, once again, he didn't say anything that was factually incorrect. Um, and it, it it's hilarious because I, I love how it was. It was my great honor to fire this chump. And a friend of mine came up with this uh, hashtag: hashtag Trump dumps chumps. And he keeps. And what's so funny? It's it's also because remember, build that wall. You know, there was always these shit. Lock her up. I think we need a new one called Trump's dumps chumps. Trump dumps chumps. Uh, it's funny because he goes on to Twitter because we're not going to get this story out of the lamestream media. Oh no. The lamestreams are covering James Comey and his book. And the funny thing is, in the book, from from all the excerpts I've seen, now, once again, I was very busy yesterday, ended up going to the Astros game while bombings were going on. I missed everything. But I did get to see some of the excerpts. Uh, From what I saw, a lot of liberals are upset because James Comey had no indictment whatsoever of Trump and his book. In fact, his book, while he tries to do whatever he's doing, kind of proved that Donald Trump is right. Well, Chris, not not only did it do that, it kind of has a cryptic reference to a development still unknown to the American public that involves Attorney General Loretta Lynch mm-hmm. and the Hillary Clinton email probe. Mm-hmm. So it's Once like, again. wait a minute, because I told you the other day, I said, look, this Comey book, it's going to be went through with a fine tooth comb by a bunch of attorneys so that he doesn't self-incriminate him, yeah. first of all. I mean, because he's under oath. There are memos. There are things going on. And we remembered when he was playing dirty with Loretta Lynch. Well, now I want to read this to you. This Wait, is, did you say playing dirty with Loretta Lynch? That has a whole different connotation. <laughs> well, I didn't say riding dirty. I said playing okay. dirty. But look, I want, to, I want to read this because this is fantastic. It says, quote, had it become public, the unverified material would undoubtedly have been used by political opponents to cast serious doubt on the Attorney General's independence in connection with the Clinton investigation, Comey writes. Mm -hmm. He calls the material a development still unknown to the American public to this day. So what, what did Comey just say there? Well, the funny thing is, is you talk about proving Trump right with Loretta Lynch and that that meeting with President Bill, former President Bill Clinton on that that tarmac on that airplane. There was nothing going on. Remember when Trump caught that out as well on Twitter? Yeah. Crooked Hillary. This, And now we're learning that, guess what? Even James Comey knows they were riding dirty. <laughs> yeah, they were. Thank you. It's Saturday morning. A couple black rifle cops, a cups of coffee will get you there. Well, it's funny because we can talk about riding dirty, the rap song, but in your case, I'm more along the lines of of Weird Al, white and nerdy. I'm just (laughs) a huge Weird Al fan, by the way. Love his music. So, but but to go back to the point, you're right. James Comey released this book, and it's I I know what he's obviously he's going to get a lot of money because people are going to buy this book. Everyone on the left is like, see, this is what we're talking about. But unfortunately, a lot of them are upset because there was no indictment of Donald Trump in this book. They thought this is going to be the smoking. This is the 57th iteration of Trump is done now. Here it comes. Look at this. Here's the bombshell. And poof, there's nothing there.
the fifty seventh iteration this month. This okay, this month. I got you because <laughs> I mean, literally, they have been hanging on their seats at everything that has come to say, "Oh my God, this is going to take Trump down. This is going to take Trump down." This is, and here we are. And the funny thing is, the book publisher probably paid Jim Comey a lot of money to do this. He didn't write the book, which is funny. He's going to sit back and collect it. Who knows who's going to read it? I'm not going to read it because I could care less. And I saw a tweet last night that says, hey, look, don't buy the Jim Comey book. It'll be online soon enough. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth. I mean, people are going to dissect it. They're going to pull parts out of it. They're going to talk to you about it and all that stuff. The the thing here, which, which I find really odd is Lynch yeah. came out and said in an interview with NBC News that her and President former President Bill Clinton only discussed innocuous things but yeah. igno- but acknowledged that her speaking to the former president raised concerns in people's minds about whether or not there was going to be any impact on the Clinton email investigation huh you think you think I mean, most people think that, right, Chris? Most people with a brain in their head believe that it looks a little strange that the acting attorney general and the former president whose wife's under investigation by the FBI for email fraud and all the stuff she did and 33,000 destroyed under, you know, subpoena, it might just have an air of impropriety. I don't know. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started on the IG report that dropped yesterday. We're going to talk to you about Andrew McCabe, what came out. He's a liar, liar, pants on fire. We already know that. Don't go anywhere. The conservative cartel rolls off. The conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, Andrew McCabe, one-time acting FBI director, leaked a self-serving story to the press and later lied about it to his boss and federal investigators, prompting a stunning fall from grace that ended in his firing last month. So they bomb. And a liar, Matt, a leaker, well, and a liar. Bleeding. So says a bombshell report released Friday by the Justice Department's <laughs> internal watchdog. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel alongside of Chris X. I am Matt Locke. We are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. We're so happy you found us on your internet device today, theblaze.com, the Conservative Cartel, the Liberty Eagle Facebook page, uh, our YouTube page, the Conservative Cartel, Twitter. Uh, if you want to be part of the program, we'd love to hear from you. We talked all about Syria in the first half of the show. We're now talking about the IG report that dropped yesterday from uh, Inspector General Michael Horowitz. So if you want to be in on that discussion, the Black Rifle Coffee hotline is open, 888-900-3393. But uh, Chris, Inspector General Michael Horowitz, he was appointed by President Barack Obama and has been reviewing... FBI and DOJ actions leading up to the 2016 presidential election. Huh. You, you know, as you get into this, Matt, there's only one thing I can say. Trump dumps chumps. Okay, just keep that in mind. Hashtag Trump dumps chumps. 
Believe me. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, Chris, you know, you, you look at social media. I look at social media. It's all over the place. We've got armchair quarterbacks. You know, we don't know. We, we only know the information we're being fed. And, yeah. and we tell you all the time, look, listen to what we say, but go out and research it yourself. Go out and find your your facts. Go out and see if what we're telling you is true. But the report, this report, says that McCabe authorized the leak and then misled investigators about it, leaking in a way that did not fall under a public interest exception. So, quote, we concluded that McCabe's decision to confirm the existence of the CF investigation through an anonymously sourced quote recounted the content of a phone call with a senior department official in a manner designed to advance his personal interest, McCabe's, at the expense of his department leadership, was clearly not within the public interest exception. So what you're saying is all those people who came out and lost their minds were saying that, that Trump shouldn't have fired, or well, or whoever fired McCabe shouldn't have done it? Wrong. Oh, okay. Trump wrong. Said, well, and, wrong. And, we, and we know, Chris, that then, because Comey was fired, yeah. We, we had Christopher Ray come in, take over for the FBI, and as soon as Christopher Ray went up to the White House and saw this information, McCabe was instantly let go. Well, he was, yeah, he was immediately demoted and listen, okay, time yep. for you to step down. That's You're not right. going to be doing anything. In other words, it's like, can I keep doing my job? Wrong. Wrong. You're wrong. So wrong. wrong. I'm sorry, you're wrong again. And Matt, guess what? Wrong. He was wrong. Well, the reality well, is, yeah. once again, you're talking about this, McCabe. You've had all these people on the left that are just like, how dare they do what right. they did? Oh, my God. It's political theater. Uh-huh. And it's it, this is another constitutional crisis, okay? The reality is, and we, we're now learning what this clown was doing. He lied, lied, lied. Who said Trump that? Tweeted out. Who, who said that on Twitter? Donald Trump said that. Believe me. Read it. Read it. He tweeted out on Friday <laughs> this tweet <laughs> saying, saying that McCabe lied, lied, lied. And he described some of the allegations saying it was all made up by this den of thieves and low lives. It, you know, we laugh about it, but it is so true. I mean, you know, look, God love the president. I, I, he was not my first choice. He mm. literally was not. But I have to tell you, his Twitter account has been spot on. You can love it, hate it, feel indifferent about it. But in the end, it's exactly what you and I are thinking. Low life, slime balls, scumbags. I mean, the guy is telling you exactly the way it is. Well, and it would be different if we lived in a world where the media actually did their job and weren't derelict in their duty. Uh, instead of pushing the Democrat narrative and trying to eternally elect these liberals, these progressive types that are slowly but surely eroding and destroying our republic, it'd be different. But the reality is you don't get this information from those clowns because they spend all their time defending McCabe, mm -hmm. defending Comey. Talking, remember, he was, an, he was an altar boy and just on and on. The only place you're going to get the information on what these clowns actually did are from the IG report and then, of course, from Trump, Trump's Twitter, Twitter account because it's got a life of its own. It's ridiculous. It is. It's hilarious. It is. But the reality is we live in a world where the president, that's how he gets right to his people. And as who was it who said a little earlier in the program, the president has the ability to take the complex and break it down very simply and get that message out to his people. Dom called in. Yes. And he was right on the money. He's not wrong. So this report, by the way, this report faults McCabe for leaking information of an August 2016 call to Wall Street Journal reporter 
Devlin Barrett for an October 30th, 2016 story titled FBI and Internal Feud Over Hillary Clinton Probe. Because what was happening in October of 16? Comey found out about all the information on Anthony Weiner's laptop. So this story comes out, which was written just days before the presidential election, focusing on the FBI announcing the reopening of the Clinton investigation after finding thousands of her emails on a laptop belonging to Democratic Rep. Anthony Weiner, who was married to Clinton aide who? Huma Abedin. So here we are. We've got all this information. So what does McCabe do? He runs interference. He doesn't step down. He doesn't, you know, um, he doesn't, you know, yeah, I'm, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, well, the... Not only that, I want to step in for a second before you, you go to that word. Not only was McCabe doing this, we've now learned that McCabe, Comey, you've got uh, Bruce and Nellie Orr, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, all of these people working within the FBI, all of these people were working on behalf of a particular candidate running for president right. to stop Donald Trump from getting elected by protecting, covering up, absolving, acquitting even before an investigation the other candidate. It was It's incredible what was occurring. And by the way, for a second there, I was kind of half listening when you said, I thought you said they found a bunch of wieners on a laptop. No, it was Anthony Wiener's laptop <laughs> with a bunch of classified emails. Exactly. And he didn't recuse himself. That was the word I was go. looking for because we know that the Clinton Global Initiative and Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe gave money to McCabe's wife to run for a Virginia Senate position in the state of Virginia. So we've got improprieties. We've got money changing hands from the Clinton Foundation to McCabe's wife. And yet he did not recuse himself. What he did is he protected Hillary Clinton. You're supposed to believe, Matt, that that was just as innocuous as the meeting between President, former President Bill Clinton and Attorney General Loretta Lynch while President Bill Clinton's wife was under investigation, okay? Once again, we're supposed to believe all of this is completely innocuous, ignore all the facts and all the evidence while convicting Donald Trump on collusion that doesn't exist. You want to know why we're firmly in the camp of Trump in this country? Because we believe in facts and evidence to come to conclusions. Well, the, the left sure doesn't. I mean, the left is been running after this this Russia collusion story for a year and a half now. Hasn't been one bit of information even scratched up to even collude or find or verify that it's happened. And you're right, Chris. As Americans, we sit here and we look at all this information that we have. We have facts. We have stories. We have now testimony. We've got documentation. We have memos that look, I mean, we couldn't get Rosenstein and the DOJ to actually even let the intelligence agencies look at the application for the FISA warrant to unmask people. <laughs> but yet here we are with all of this stuff going on that we know about in the left's like, oh, Russia, over there, squirrel. You know what? I'm sorry. I just I got to do this for you run out of time. I want to go back and read this tweet again. DOJ just issued the McCabe report, which is a total disaster. He lied, lied, lied. McCabe was totally controlled by Comey. McCabe is Comey, believe me. No collusion, all made up by this den of thieves and lowlifes. It kills me that he calls these clowns out. Yeah. But the thing is, they are a den of lowlifes and thieves, and they've gotten away with it for years and years and years. And now this outsider showed up, and he's not part of their little their reindeer gang, if you will. And all of a sudden, he's calling them out. And I... 
Did you I know just quote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I, yeah, but I call it a gang. Oh, okay. I didn't say games. I said a reindeer gang. Oh, okay. Like, like so. yeah, like Reindeer Games. Remember that movie? It Little was a movie, and it was terrific, yes. except Ben Affleck, because he's a low-life loser. <laughs> well, look, I mean, we're going to get into this much more because, Chris, this Den of Thieves is doing what Den of Thieves usually do. They're Can starting... I do the rest of the show imitating Trump, by the way? You can if you'd like, because it's really good, by the way. Believe me, I will. Thank you. But look, they're starting to stab each other in the back. They're starting to tell each other the walls are starting to come in, the pressure's mounting, and now they're all turning on each other. You don't want to go anywhere. Hour two's coming at you. Much more conservative talk. The conservative cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. We'll be right back. This is the conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, hour three is upon us. I can't believe that I'm actually saying that, but welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. My name is Matt Locke, alongside of Chris X. We are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm on my 12th cup of Black Rifle Coffee, so the Black Rifle Coffee hotline (laughs) is open. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393 is the number if you would like to be on the program. Look, the the Black Rifle Coffee hotline is only going to be open for about another two segments because at the bottom of this hour, Chris, we've always said it. When we don't know stuff, we bring in the smart people. Sydney Powell, former federal prosecutor, writer, author extraordinaire, licensed to lie. She knows all the names, has written about them. We're going to bring her in, and we're going to talk about this IG report. And I'm going to tell you, you want to go get some popcorn, maybe a cup of Black Rifle coffee, because it's a show when she shows up here. She's the smartest lady I know. It's it's going to be fun. I love picking up and, and hearing what Sydney has to say. You know who else I love to hear from? A guy by the name of Ron Phillips, a.k.a. Yeah. Sexual Chocolate. He's not a loser. He's not. Believe me. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, on on a, Matt's about third cup, I'm going to start tackling him when he comes in here. <laughs> Tell him, stop drinking so dang much coffee. Hey, this hour of the Conservative Cartel is brought to you by Moonstruck Leather. Handcrafted luxury and unique styles for women who want only the very best in everyday carry and exotic custom designs. Moonstruck Leather for the discriminating concealed carrier. To purchase, visit moonstruckleather.com slash cartel. Moonstruck Leather, artfully concealed. You want to hear a cool story? Beautiful. I do want to hear a cool story. I bought my beautiful wife one of those concealed carry Moonstruck Leather handbags, and she loves it. Oh, nice. Oh, man, I see him talking about it. Fantastic. In the comments all the time. People love, you know, here's the deal. I know we give a lot of stuff away here on the program. We do. You don't have to wait for us to give stuff away. You can actually go buy them ahead of time if you don't want to wait and try to win stuff. That's true. By the way, head over to theconservativecartel.com. We are giving away a Diamondback Firearms AR-15. We're going to be drawing for that May 4th, but you have to be signed up. You have to be signed up. You have to register to win. You have to be a cartel VIP. Now, look, there are some restrictions, terms and conditions. We don't control what these knuckleheaded liberal states do in this country, but you're going to have to look at the terms and conditions if you can win. 
period. But look, get over to DiamondbackFirearms.com. They're a fantastic company. We are giving away that uh, DB15 EMLB. It's a fantastic AR-15, a retail value of $850, and they're made in America, made in the USA. So check out Diamondback Firearms. We are big supporters of them here on the program. Great American-owned firearm company. Get over there and register. You can do it today. Do it right now. You can have multiple windows open on your browser. You can do it. I know you can. But, Chris, we're talking about Andrew McCabe. We're talking about the IG report that dropped on Friday. I mean, a lot of stuff happened yesterday. By the way. Yeah, a lot of By the way, and by the way, just so I'm looking here, I'm watching the news. They're calling an emergency hearing at the U.N., about this reaction to the airstrikes in Syria. So it's going to be interesting to see what the lily-livered panty waste over at the U.N. want to say. It'll be. I, I want to see if they get enough guts to try to sanction the U.S., Great Britain, and France for striking uh, a guy who used chemical weapons on his own people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and look, that's the whole thing. We were waiting, just to go back to the whole Syria deal, they put it in front of the U.N., I think, last week, you know, because it took about seven days for all, you know, to get this together, to get France and the U.K. and America together and all that. But we put it in front of the U.N. to say, hey, look, he just gassed his people. What say you? They said nothing. They they always say nothing. They continually condemn Israel for responding. It's amazing watching what happens in the U.N. You've got Palestinian suicide bombers throwing rocks, bombs, yep. launching missiles. They're never condemned, hardly ever. Well, they, let me rephrase this. They're in a, a state of eternal condemnation, so it doesn't mean anything. Right. So, so no one ever really says anything. And then they condemn Israel for responding. Once again, I, it's going to be very interesting to see what they actually have to say today. Not that I care or not that really anyone cares for that matter at this point. They have rendered themselves useless by their inability to come to a logical conclusion, a.k.a. putting, what was it, was Iran or Syria on the Human Rights uh, uh, Committee? They may be, but the whole thing is they never condemn the actual people who are violating human rights. I mean, how many times have they condemned Israel? It's like 40, 50 times. Uh, Israel is not throwing gays off of buildings. Israel is not, you know, killing women, torturing people, you know, killing Christians, burning them, drowning them, beheading them. But yet here we are looking at all this stuff. It will be interesting to see if that comes out before the end of the show. But I want to get back on topic here because we've got this Inspector General report. And by the way, Chris, we we, we made it known in, in the, the last the last hour that, you know, this is this report was done by Inspector General Michael Horowitz, who was appointed by President Barack Obama. This is not Donald Trump. It's not a witch hunt. This mm-hmm. was something that Barack Obama said, hey, look, we've got Russian collusion. We want to look into what's going on. We want to make sure this stuff gets right before he left office. Remember when President Obama said, hey, let's make sure we share all the information amongst all of the intelligence agencies now so we can get this thing going so we can find out what happened? Remember that little deal? Yeah. Well, here we are. Here we are, and they have found that they're, that McCabe actively lied. He acted outside of candor. He, he lied under oath, perjured himself. But, you know, here's the thing. According to the Inspector General report, Mr. McCabe repeatedly lied under oath. Not just lied under oath. He repeatedly, which he did it numerous times, repeatedly, continuously, continued to do it about the disclosure of information to a reporter at the Wall Street Journal. In doing so, 
he not only violated FBI policy, but he may have committed a federal crime. You know, I and I hate to sound like a Debbie Downer, but once again, this is another case of these clowns on the left. We've seen this over and over again. These people in the FBI, including Comey, they lied. They broke the law. They lied under oath. You've got guys like uh, McCabe, who was doing all of these little nefarious things. We're just finding out what they were up to. Right. And once again, what happened? The left lost their mind that he was actually fired for doing these things and then created a GoFundMe account to handle this guy who has already been given how much money by the Clinton Foundation to get his wife to run for, for office? or what? 700 and some odd thousand dollars? Once again, it shows well, the, the intellectual dishonesty of those on the left that they don't care about what's right. They uh, care about what they want, and that is it. Well, Chris, they're multimillionaires. I mean, look at Michael Flynn. He is getting raked over the coals by an investigation. He had to sell his home. I mean, he's not like these people, but yet you've got a GoFundMe page started for Mr. McKay. But listen to this. This is an actual quote. From freaking, um, what the heck, sir, uh, uh, oh, uh, Feinstein. The rush to fire McCabe late on Friday night, just hours before he was to retire, cast a tremendous shadow over the integrity of this process. Of course it did. You know what, what? the Democrats are? You know what Diane Feinstein, or Feinstein, whatever you want to call her, Frankenfeinstein, or uh, Schmuck Schumer, or Nancy Lugosi, well, all these people are, all they are, is verbal bomb throwers. They, they throw verbal Molotov cocktails at anyone yep. or any facts and try to burn it out of the, uh, the of the public eye because that's what they do to continue to keep their power and continue to do what they do. Because to think that those people are any less dishonest than these liars they're protecting would be a very naive thought. Well, Chris, she says, and this is just so unbelievable, she literally, this is a quote, there's really no way to look at McCabe's firing other than being overtly political. Now, I want to take you back to the fact that McCabe repeatedly lied under oath about the disclosure of information to a reporter. In doing so, he not only violated FBI policy, but he may have committed a federal crime. Is that political? Wait, this is the same Dianne Feinstein that called for the firing of James Comey when he brought up that Hillary Clinton had deleted 30,000 emails and had not cooperated with a federal investigation? Is this the same Dianne Feinstein? Yes. But then did a 180 when he didn't, when they turned out they acquitted her before they actually did the investigation? The same James, uh, the same uh, Dianne Feinstein? Yes. Okay, I'm just checking. I just want to, you know, there's an adage I've used, and it's funny because I have people quote it back to me all the time. This isn't mine. I didn't come up with this. I heard it, and it's great advice. Anytime you're dealing with someone, and this includes dealing with us or anyone else, always consider the source. Yes. Always consider the source. And when your source is the New York Times, it's probably garbage today. And if your source is Dianne Feinstein, well, it is political rhetoric. While they scream, this is politics, they are the biggest political bomb throwers you've ever seen. And they're a bunch of liars and a den of thieves. I want to go back and read the the Trump tweets again because he's dead on, not just about the people he's referring to, but the vast majority of those now in charge on the left. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy time we live in, Chris. All right, let's take a short break. You're listening to the Conservative Cartel. You want to get in on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. Oh, that's an easy process. 888-900-3393. We'll be right back. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. 
This is The Conservative Cartel with Matt Block and Chris Axe. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. I am Chris X, along with Matt Locke. Glad to have you guys on board. We are in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open for this segment. In fact, we're going to go right to the phones, pick up a Paul here in just a second. Uh, if you guys want to join us here on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, you better hurry and get in this segment because we're shutting it down in the next segment when Sydney Powell joins us. So I'm looking forward to, to catching up with her, but we'll get to your calls uh, uh, ahead of time. 888 888-900-3393. Matt, very quickly before we go to the phones, you know that uh, emergency United Nations Security Council meeting is underway, yeah. and they're condemning the use of uh, Syrian uh, chemical weapons. Huh? It looks like they're almost even, well, they're saying we need to exercise restraint and that kind of stuff. It looks like they're almost approving of the strikes. What? I, I know. I said, Has hell like. frozen over? I, well, it's still early. They're just I starting. I mean, winter hasn't left the upper northwest yet, midwest yet, but I mean, has hell mm. frozen over? No, hell has not frozen over as far as I know yet. You'd think not- they would get better ear things, though. I see here and watch the United Nations and those big clunky ear things they have to, you know, I think they're interpreters. I mean, don't we have better technology, producer Ron, it than looks- those big clunky, I don't know what that is? It looks to me like they're at a drive-in movie theater, the yes. old ones, and they have those big things and they're holding up to the ear. Right. Ron's familiar your- with the drive-in theater. Yeah, well, we talked about that the other day, which is fantastic, where you used to have that little box on the post. You'd put on your window and turn the dial, and that's how you got it. Boy, that was some high-quality fidelity well, that's right what there. They, that's what the U.N. looks like. I mean, are we not giving them enough money? Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's pick up with Paul out in Georgia, who's been patiently holding. Hey, Paul, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to the conservative cartel. Thank you. Good morning, gentlemen. I'll get right to it. Uh, I'm a retired Marine officer, and I uh, was fortunate to be stationed in Europe for three years. And the wife and I uh, left the kids at home one day, and we went to see Dachau, the first concentration camp that was built, which, by the way, it was built to execute and house dissidents of the regime. And uh, I'm going to tell you, it was sobering. By the time we walked out of there, we weren't talking to one another. We just, neither one of us could speak. Uh, I took some pictures, uh, some photos of the place. They still have the railroad cars there. They still have the oven room there. They still have the headquarters there. And it's just, you sit there, and and I thought that I pretty much understood all this stuff. I'm a baby boomer. Uh, I went to high school when they used to talk about this stuff. I'm a college graduate and all of that. I served in Somalia, watched a lot of people die. But I'm going to tell you, when I walked out of there, it was just depressing. And uh, I'm also a high school teacher now. I teach ROTC. And it does bother me how you talk to kids nowadays, and they honestly believe the stuff can happen. And it's because we just don't make them learn anything. They really don't understand how our government works. They don't understand uh, real recent uh, world history, how all this stuff happened. Uh, You guys are spot on about ISIS, you know, and when you talk to kids about that, they think you're just some hardcore political ideologue who's uh, exaggerating so that you can win an argument. (laughs) 
Paul, I want you to continue. Hold that thought for a second because I'm going to let you continue on the other side. But we discussed uh, something very similar to this on either yesterday's show or our weekday show, talking about 66% of millennials don't even know that Auschwitz was part of World War II and what occurred there with the extermination of well over a million Jews. They don't, first of all, they're, they're not being taught this. They don't know. And then kids today can't even comprehend what occurred back then, and they're not being taught it, and they have no idea what's occurring in our world right now. Your point is dead on. Yeah, well, I, I just it it just it really disturbs me that we have forgotten. They had a guy when I was stationed down in Tampa. I'll never forget it. His name was Grossman. He was in the lead element of the United States Army that found uh, Dachau. And when they got there, they opened up the railroad cars and they found all the dead bodies in there. And and this guy went around. This was in the mid '90s. He went around talking to schools, and this guy made a comment that's very chilling. You know, at this point, the war had been over 50 years. This guy was still having trouble sleeping at night. Uh, It haunted him his entire life. Well, Paul, I want to ask you a question here real quick, and then we're going to let you go because it's a great phone call here. Thank you for your service, by the way, sir. You've been in this deal. You talked about Somalia. What are your thoughts on Syria and what our president did yesterday? I would have liked to have seen him done a little bit more. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him hit a command and control building and take out some of Assad's uh, political and military leadership. That would send a big, strong message. You know what, pal, if you don't stop this stuff, you're next. However, the president had to work with allies, and when you work with the allies, and by the way, I was I was the director of plans and operations for intelligence at U.S. Central Command. I used to work on these targeting packages. When you work with the Allies, you have to meet their political considerations also. Right. And my guess is, you know, they said, look, we'll help you blow up all the chemical weapons stuff. That's it. And Trump made the decision, okay, we're going to be unified on this. We're going to let these guys know, first of all, we're going to inflict military damage Secondly, we're going to put on a good unified political front so that they can't start uh, trying to separate us. And whatever happens next, maybe we'll ratchet it up. So for right now, uh, generally, I'm on board with what he's doing. I just wish they had done a little bit more, but I can understand why they didn't. Wow, what a great great call. call. No kidding. Thank you for the call, and thank you for your service, Paul. We appreciate it. Um, You know, it's interesting getting his take on this and and to touch back on something he said talking about 50 years after the war and it it still bothered me couldn't still still couldn't sleep at night the reality is in this world in which we live in most people cannot fathom the evil that men do no and once again on the left that either one it makes you naive and you can't fathom the evil that men can do or two that you can and you're complicit right um and that's the dangerous thing in the world in which we live in when you deal with some elements from russia some of these elements in the middle east some of the elements from latin america some of the elements from asia there are some very nefarious characters over there they do horrible things to mankind and for those of us raised in this blanket of freedom provided by people like paul in america it's very difficult for us to grasp that concept and it's happened throughout the world repeatedly and will continue 
continue to happen, which is why we can't allow clowns with no bearing, with no clue how reality is, to disarm us, claiming they can protect us somehow. We can't allow that to happen. Well, Chris, we have clowns. That's the problem we're dealing with today. We have clowns within our intelligence agencies now, within yeah. our government, within our pol- political structure. We're watching this. That's why we're bringing Sidney Powell, former federal prosecutor, onto the program here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to get to this. I want to pay off just a little bit of a tease I made because we were talking about these den of thieves. We were, we were we were talking about, you know, what's going on between Comey and McCabe and what's happening in that process. Well, now we're starting to see the knives come out because the pressure's on McCabe. I mean, the pressure's on him, and he's saying, well, wait a minute. You know, I was truthful. I was the one that came out with detail, and Comey was kind of fuzzy of everything going on. If you want to get somebody, get James Comey. Now, do you remember the tweet? That Donald Trump put out and said that Andrew McCabe was a choir boy compared to James Comey. Mm-hmm. You don't think there's some behind-the-scenes stuff currently going on right now? Because, like I said to you in that article, this could be criminally charged for his perjury. Maybe he works something out with the Trump administration that gives the dirt. Because guess who? guess who's going after the seven memos that James Comey wrote? Trey Gowdy. Devin Nunez. Now they've seen, they've seen what was the application of the FISA for the unmasking of Carter Page, for the application to unmask in the Steele dossier. Maybe there's some back channel wrangling going on right now because we're seeing a lot of infighting amongst McCabe and Comey. Well, I also you're you're dead on. There's a whole lot of back channel communicating going on. They've got a lot of information that we don't have, and we haven't been privy to. The Democrats, oddly enough, are generally privy to that information, and they don't care. Yeah. So they they run with their little once again the nefarious activities. Uh, think about this for a second, and I and I don't want to go too deep into this, but for 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 a second, you know, we were talking about some of the evil that men do. Um, Look at what ISIS was doing. We had video. Unlike what happened in World War II and in Vietnam, it was very difficult to see what the enemy was doing, what bad guys were doing. We had video watching ISIS could chop people's heads off and burn them in cages and drown them and right. selling women and children on the open market as sex slaves and that kind of stuff. And the president of the United States, which we know had a hell of a lot more information than we did, what did he do? He called them the JV team, okay? And he did that until he was completely proven wrong when they steamrolled through a rock and damn near took that entire country over. Right. So that's the problem. That's the problem we live in this world. So you have a certain political party that is absolutely nefarious in nature and only wants what they want, and those who aren't there be damned. Which goes back to your point. They know a whole lot of things that they're not telling us. And, and Donald Trump's Twitter account, as crazy and as funny as it is, it's also a little insight into the information that he has been given. Well, speaking of Trump's Twitter account, once again, as I'm looking at this Andrew McCabe article, this was back March 18th of this year. Trump said, hey, look, I spent very little time with Andrew McCabe. But yeah. he never took notes when he was with me. I don't believe he made memos except to help his own agenda, probably at a later date. Same with lying James Comey. Can we call them fake memos? And and here's the deal. We're now trying to run down Jim Comey's memos because, you know, he was leaking them to that Colombian professor. We know that he was doing this, supposedly, and we know that out of the seven memos, four of them had classified information in it. But as we're we're starting to look at this, we know about Peter Stroke. 
We know about Lisa Page. We know they were meeting in Andrew McCabe's office. We know that they were openly trying to go after a sitting president that was elected by the population. We know all of this stuff. And as it comes more and more to light, you're going to see more and more things. And I'm telling you, I don't know how the Democratic Party can sit there. I mean, I'm arguing with the liberal yesterday. Oh, well, this is nothing. There's nothing to look at here. It's like, there's nothing to look at here? We just saw Donald Trump pardon Scooter Libby from the fact that he didn't whistleblow or give away information or do unmask a a past FBI agent, but yet there's nothing here. He perjured himself under oath. He lied about the information. He leaked it. There are multiple crimes here in the left. They don't know what to do about it. Well, once again, uh, all of these very same people, despite the overwhelming evidence of wrongdoing by Hillary Clinton and her campaign and her as Secretary of State, they didn't see anything there. They couldn't see any wrongdoing, yet they've all already convicted the president of collusion with Russia with zero evidence. Once again, it's consider the source. Let's take a very short break. We're going to come back, pick up with Sidney Powell here on the conservative cartel. I'm Chris X, along with Matt Locke. Don't you go away. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Now, here's Matt Block and Chris Axe. Well, welcome back to the program. Conservative Cartel on Center Chris X. I am Matt Locke. We are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is down because I'm going to get right to our guest. We don't have a lot of time. Former federal prosecutor, author extraordinaire. She has called these people out by name. Sydney Powell, welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. How are you? Thank you, Matt. It's great to be with you. I'm fine. Well, I'll tell you, Sydney, when we need information, we go to the smartest person we know, and that's you. So here we go. IG report dropped yesterday. McCabe's in a lot of hot water. Tell us what you know. He is in hot water. It's very clear that he lied to the Office of the Inspector General and other investigators. They tape-recorded, apparently, several of the conversations that they had, and it justifies completely his termination. Of course, he's outraged by it, which I find fascinating. It's amazing how different one's perspective is when they're on the different end of the line of sight of a rifle or anything else. you know, it's just, it's about time we started getting some of this information out, and I'm delighted to see that the inspector general is doing the job that I thought he was going to be doing. It also tells us that uh, Lisa Page, his former special counsel, McCabe's former special counsel, who was also with DOJ, is cooperating with them. It doesn't say that specifically, but that's where a lot of the information initially came from that contradicted McCabe's account of what's been happening. And um, there was also a conversation between him and the principal associate deputy attorney general 
under Sally Yates that led to the Wall Street Journal article that they're talking about, an article that came out on October 30th, 2016, I think. And the report reveals that the purpose of all this was to make McCabe look better because he was under fire at the time for an alleged conflict of interest in the Clinton investigation because his wife received so much money from uh, fellow Clinton affiliates, basically, in the Virginia race that she was running in at the time. Uh, We're talking with Sidney Powell, uh, author, former U.S. attorney. Sidney, you said something uh, that just perked up my ears just a second ago. You mentioned there may have been some audio recordings of what happened. I remember Trump was was referring to James Comey talking about, well, I sure hope they don't have the tapes or whatever. So it looks like some of these, um, I like to call them Clintonistas, it looks like they may have been recorded, you're saying. Uh, Yes, the inspector general's report reflects that they recorded their interviews with McCabe. At least two of them, I think. So, and I'm—I would think he would have known that he was being recorded. But yes, they definitely said that their July 28th, 2017 interview of him when he was under oath was recorded, and that he lacked candor. I love that phrase. You know, he lied as you know off. That he was not aware of special counsel having been authorized to speak to reporters around October 30th. And he later admitted that he had authorized her to do that. Well, Sydney, we're talking to Sydney Powell here, a, a author. You got to get licensed to lie. It's fantastic, by the way. But uh, you know, we were reading this article here that came out yesterday, and it was talking about you know what Andrew McCabe has done, what it could you know lead to. I mean, for one, this guy, you're talking about candor. You know, you're talking about lying under oath. You're talking about a federal crime. You know, I've got liberals out there all the time. Well, wait till it comes out. The IG, you know, this isn't the end of the story kind of stuff. Well, the the inspector general was actually put into play by Barack Obama, correct? Yes, this inspector general was appointed by President Obama. His name is Michael Horowitz. He's been there a long time. And, you know, he's certainly no, no, not a Trump appointee. And on top of that, it was this was all ratified by the Office of Professional Responsibility within the FBI, which generally circles the wagons to protect its people. So it's been double vetted within the two swamps that are part of the problem. So for them to do anything about it, it has to be really bad. Well, can I ask just a quick question here, Chris? Because yeah, I want I want to follow up on this. How can this be looked at as a federal crime, Sydney? Because it says that he may have committed a federal crime. How would that be possible? Oh, it's not just he may have. He obviously <laughs> did. <laughs> I, so, I mean, Michael Flynn just pled guilty to this offense. Mm. And, know, Michael, and, and the FBI agents didn't think Michael Flynn was lying. Mueller came back on him with that. That's true. I mean, that's a very good point. Once again, we're talking with Sydney Powell. Uh, uh, you know, Sydney, it's interesting because you mentioned the, I guess, the, the, we'll say lack of humility or lack of the truth more more like it, as you mentioned. The, these people have gone through, do you think this is sort of an incrementalism effect because under the Obama administration or, or some of the previous administrations, guys like McCabe, guys like Comey, they virtually did whatever they wanted and got away with, uh, I mean, virtual impunity. And they did oh, yeah. so much. You think it's finally just catching up with them? 
Yes, uh, I think they well, they did everything they possibly could to make sure Trump was not elected. They certainly believed Hillary was going to be elected and that they can could continue business as usual, which was running their own private investigative service for whoever wanted whoever investigated and prosecuted. I mean, there was just extreme misconduct at the in the upper echelon of the FBI and the Department of Justice. Well, Sydney, I want to ask you this question because we saw that uh, President Trump had Rod Rosenstein come up to the White House the other day. We we know about the Comey memos. We know about Devin Nunez, uh, Trey Gowdy, uh, Goodlaff trying to get the application to the FISA court from the Steele dossier. Why was Rosenstein called to the White House? Well, uh, I wish I knew exactly. Uh, In your opinion, why do you think he was called there? Well, it may have been to instruct him to declassify and release the information that Congress has been requested to cooperate with Congress, uh, because the president certainly has the right to instruct him to do that. Interesting. Yeah. You know what? It's any before we run out of time. I got a quick question. I want you to look into your crystal ball with your you know, former U.S. attorney mind, which is a brilliant mind. And tell me, we've seen repeatedly these on the people on the left tend, tend to not get held accountable. What is going to happen? Is it, Are any of these people ever going to be held accountable for what they've actually done? Well, they certainly better be. If they don't, I think there will be a, a price to pay for that, politically speaking. And there certainly should be because they have committed serious offenses for which people like General Flynn have been prosecuted. And we've got to establish the rule of law in this country. I mean, these people have just been creeps on a mission to destroy this president, and that has to stop. Well, Sydney, look, we appreciate the fact you've stopped by the cartel. We've got about a minute left here. Tell everybody where they can find your book, you. How can they find your writings? Where are you at? LicensedToLie.com, and pretty soon I'll have a website called SydneyPowell.com. But I've gotten a number of articles on The Daily Caller, The New York Observer. I mean, I've been talking about this issue since 2013 and writing about it. And and now people like Hannity and Mark Levin have read the book and understand what's going on. They have a bigger microphone than I do. And so the word is getting out more. But I would encourage everybody to read License to Lie and follow me on Twitter at Sydney Powell, the number one. Absolutely. Sydney, thank you once again. Frequent flyer of the cartel. You're always welcome. It, the, the, one of the smartest ladies I know. Oh, man. She, her insight is incredible. And it'd be a good idea to go pick up that book, by the way, License to Lie. It's and- fantastic, by the way. She gave me a copy of it signed, which I'm completely grateful for. But she's right. Now the Sean Hannity's of the world, the Mark Levin's of the world are picking up this story. She is well known in this subject. And I mean, it's an honor to have her on our program and tell you guys out there what actually is going on, what to expect, and why it's happening. I mean, like we said, when we don't know the answers, we go find the smart people who do. Well, and Sydney Powell is one of those people. Make sure you follow her on Twitter, the LicenseToLie.com. Her, her website's coming soon, SydneyPowell.com as well. Uh, once again, it, it, the amazing insight she has, because one, she was around some of those those swamp rats, so she has a pretty good idea of what they are. Two is, and we barely even, you, you sort of intimated to this. Remember, we're, we're dealing on a week where the president's personal attorney was just raided by the FBI. Yeah. Have we seen any raids by the FBI on the left with any of these clowns that we were just talking about over None. the last hour? Wrong. No, 
Zero. What about their attorneys? Nada. Any raids? No, attorneys? none. Nada. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a, the most amazing thing, Chris, because we watch as the left, and you said it, we watch as the left does what they do, and for whatever reason, it goes by the wayside. There's no consequences to actions. It's absolutely fascinating. But look, don't go anywhere. We've got one more segment. We are going to wrap this thing up with a great big bow coming up next. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline will open back up, 888-900-3393. If you want to get in on the act, you got one more segment. Don't go anywhere. The cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe. Uh, welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. You've reached the final segment of the final hour, hour three here on the program. Fred Knott and myself, Chris X, along with Matt Locke, will be back on Monday for our weekday show that airs on the USA Radio Network. You want more information on that, feel free to go to theconservativecartel.com. Oh, yeah. And by the way, i got to say this. Sydney Powell just texted me. She says, tell everyone to go to licensetolie.com. And to listen to Dan Bongino's podcast yesterday that starts pulling it all together from my work and his. Ooh, okay. And I'll tell you what. I had an extensive conversation with Dan Bongino in a men's room at CPAC. So you should. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) He did have an extensive conversation Uh, with Dan Bongino. It sounds like he's really proud of this. Producer Ron shaking his head. And (laughs) he's in there. He's like, come on. That wasn't the only person he had a conversation with in the restroom. I'll just say that. Well, yeah. no. I mean, you know, I, I hang out with all of the well-known names. So anyway, welcome back to the program. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as we wrap up today's show, I do want to remind you once again, if you want to catch us during the, the weekday program, which is Monday through Friday, uh, go check it out at the website, theconservativecartel.com. While you're there, register as a VIP. You get behind-the-scenes stuff. You get discounts on things like our stickers and uh, the things we're providing, hats, and you register to win that beautiful firearm, an AR-15, yes. by uh, 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 uh What's the name of the company? I can't think of it. Diamondback, Diamondback Firearms. I wanted to call them Diamond Firearms. I was like, that doesn't make Diamondbackfirearms.com. sense. DiamondbackFirearms.com. Head over there. there find them on social media. Give them some love. But we are giving that that AR-15 away on May 4th, and it's an yeah. $850 retail cost. It's Look, it's a fantastic firearm. If you want to yeah. have an AR, you got to be a cartel VIP. Now, all you got to do, well, like I said, if you want to get a chance to win that Diamondback Firearm, an AR-15, go by the website, theconservativecartel.com, register as a VIP. Yep. Simple as that. Plus, you can find out about watching our weekday shows. Well, of course, we'll be back here next Saturday, uh, as we always are here on the Blaze Radio program. As we wrap up today's show, uh, I guess, Matt, there's a couple of things that I wanted to hit on. One, we can update what's going on with this U.N. Security Council meeting happening and determining mm-hmm. What's what with Syria? But also, something happened earlier this week. We found out that Paul Ryan is not going to run for re-election. He's retiring Hallelujah. And you're very excited about that. I am. But he, he did something. First of all, we, there was a lot of 
I won't say there's a lot of mixed emotions on that, but I think a, a lot of Republicans are, well, let me phrase that, a lot of conservatives are glad to see him go. Uh, he endorsed House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy to succeed him over as House Speaker. Uh, what do you think about that that endorsement, first of all? I don't like it at all. Uh, I mean, look, I, I, uh, McCarthy is another one of these open borders. Him and, him and you know, Paul Ryan are good buds, and I'll tell you, Here's the information, and this is where I don't like Do- Donald Trump loves him some some McCarthy, some Kevin yeah, McCarthy. He likes McCarthy yeah. I don't. The president and I, we don't agree on that deal. And I, we told you we call him out when we saw it. How about a Jim Jordan? How how about a Louis Gohmert? How about a a, a a Thomas Massey? For heaven's sakes, let's put someone in the daggone speakership that will get some conservative things done. Well, Scalise was even mentioned, but I, I don't think, uh, I, you know, once again, there's also the whole seniority level to it. There's all these different things that come into play, but uh, it is interesting because, once again, you disagree with the president. You're not a big fan of Kevin McCarthy. For whatever reason, the president is. He likes Kevin McCarthy, and you think there's any chance if Kevin McCarthy got in, he would actually help try to push forward the president's agenda? You would You would like to think so, and I think that's how Donald Trump determines that. Donald Trump is a... He, he, he's a relationship guy, yeah, he and, and he wants people are going to back his play. I don't know if Kevin McCarthy backs his play. I mean, Paul Ryan came right out and said it. Look, I'm going to do everything I can to not back Trump's play. Now, he did push through tax reform, the tax cuts, which you have to say are a good thing. But how often did Paul Ryan stand in the way of getting anything done? And now I'm seeing an article this morning about DACA and illegal amnesty and all the crap that, that, you know, Paul Ryan's trying to push through before he shoves off. I mean, come on. Well, and it's, it's interesting. That was the other part of the article we covered earlier in the, on the weekday program was uh, him being a lame duck now. And they're going to look – some are saying he's not going to make it through, you know, through the end of July and they're going to get rid of him because there's no reason to leave him on, especially with the midterms coming up. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be impossible for him to raise money because people aren't going to want to put money into right. his pocket as he's leaving. So there's there's a lot going on here. And right. we, we may have a replacement here in, in just a few short months. And we could. They're saying maybe by as as soon as July. We talked about this yesterday on the program. The palace intrigue, the backstabbing, the power plays, the people positioning themselves to get into power, the committees, the chairmanships, because we know that pretty much anything on the Republican side that runs through the House is going to have a hard time unless the Freedom Caucus is behind it. Yeah, well, absolutely. They're a big they're a big player in conservative politics in the House. So here we are. Uh, who knows how this is going to play out. But if Paul Ryan is endorsing someone, I don't want anything to do with it. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a good point you make out. If you're not a big fan of Paul Ryan, then you probably wouldn't be a big fan of whom he's endorsing. And once again, this is just his endorsement. He said, I fully anticipate handing the gavel over to the next Speaker of the House after this term. And I think it, Kevin is, is the right guy to step up, he stated. So... Uh, this is the guy that he thinks that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be him. This right. is just the guy that Ryan says. Right, and, and there's a vote. There's a procedure in the House that they're going to go through. Remember when they wanted to unseat John Boehner, and they almost yeah. did? I mean, there, there is a procedure that they go through in the House to vote and pick because it was funny. We've been seeing these articles come out before Paul Ryan said he was going to step down, you know, the palace intrigue. And everybody's like, oh, well, you know, Paul Ryan's going to step down and Scalise is going to step up. Uh, no, that isn't the way it works in our government. There, there's a procedure. There's a vote. you got to be nominated, the whole deal. So it will be interesting to see how this all goes down as we continue to watch this because 
Paul Ryan's term doesn't end until January. Yeah, and it's you mean, wait a minute, we can't just impeach Trump and instate Hillary Clinton as president? Well, you know, the left wants you to think about that. I mean, I was I was literally debating. I wouldn't even say debating. I was trying to talk to a liberal on Facebook yesterday because they, you know, the whole thing, this was before, this was actually before Trump attacked Syria, but they're like, oh, we need to impeach Trump. We need to impeach Trump. I said, so let's just impeach Trump. Let's put in Mike Pence as president. Or did you think that Hillary Clinton was automatically going to be there? Radio silence, dude. Radio silence. Because I actually think that most middle-of-the-road Democrats think that if they get rid of Trump, that automatically Hillary's going to be president. They just, it's funny, but you're right. A lot of people are, are not familiar with the protocol and how this works, and other people don't care. I mean, you get the Rosies and these morons out there that they just, that's what they want. Remember, facts don't have any bearings on their opinions. No. Um, so it, it, it's kind of funny. And to, to go back, and you mentioned John Boehner, and, and I want to get your take on this. Sure. I couldn't stand John Boehner before he was Speaker of the House. Yeah. I hated him at. As a person, whatever. But as Speaker of the House, I hated everything he did. I hated how he palled up to Obama in that administration. They didn't get anything pushed through the entire time he was up there, and he was a, he was terrible. Um, well, he was a complete and utter butt kisser. I mean, let's just yes, call Boehner what he was. And Boehner was in when the whole Tea Party deal slid in. Mm-hmm. So the country was primed and ready for change, for conservatism, when the flood of Tea Partiers came in in 2010 and then in 14. And Boehner just, I mean, literally didn't live up to the job. And I knew John Boehner before he was Speaker because he was actually a, 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 a House representative from Ohio the next-door neighbor of when I was in Indiana. So I was familiar with his politics before even then. So, you know, the guy was an absolute stooge and a toady, and he just wanted to be seen in all of the, you know, cocktail circles of of Washington, D.C. Yeah, he was more interested in smoking cigarettes and getting drunk, and he spent a lot of time crying as well, which is a sign of of too much drinking. Um, But that being said, he was terrible. So, believe it or not, in my opinion, Ryan was an improvement from that, but that wasn't much of an improvement. It's a sad it's a sad state of affairs when you say that Paul Ryan was an improvement on John Boehner. I mean, look, why don't we get someone in there and I'm seeing a lot of people on the Cartel and the Liberty Eagle Facebook page. Anybody from the Freedom Caucus would be good by me. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, I would love somebody from the Freedom uh, I'll Caucus. I'll tell you who would be a great speaker of the house, Thomas Massey. We've talked yeah. to the man many, many times. He's been on the program. He's smarter than anybody I know outside of baby Sidney Powell. I mean, the guy understands how Washington works. How about if we get someone in a position of power who will actually do something? That would be that would be a very nice thing. Well, we'll keep you posted. We'll see what happens quickly before we run out of time. Once again, the U.N. has their Security Council meeting going on. Uh, I was watching as you were speaking a little bit earlier, the um, the the ambassador from Great Britain up there talking about we can no longer continue to allow Assad to be a threat, which, of course, explains why Great Britain was involved in this strike, as well as um, uh, France. It's going to be interesting to see how this pans out and also if there is going to be any response from Russia, because they're claiming that they're going to retaliate for this. So, which is very weird because we didn't strike Russia. We 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 struck. Well, our coalition struck um, uh, uh, Syria. So, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it, it. Look, who knows? Russia was talking. We're talking. Everybody's trying to figure out what in the world is going on. We don't know. I mean, just don't know. It, it's crazy to think and. Everything that's happened, we're going to have to wait this week to see what happens, where we're at, what's went on, all of that stuff. But uh, 